Hey guys, and welcome to the 74th episode of the Fake Nerd Podcast, but it coincidentally is also the 10th Black Hammer Gourd Festival, and we have our first farmer with his precious gourd. We weigh the gourds. He was the biggest gourd of the year. Brandon T. McClure, can you weigh your gourd, please? 74 pounds. 74 pounds. Wow, coincidentally on the same podcast. That's crazy. I know. It's That's nuts. a big gourd. Crazy. We've got Sparkplug Wickawitty. He brought his virtual gourd. Can you weigh your gourd for me, please? I, I cannot because it is only virtual. <sighs> I was really wanting to say, oh, what a gourd, but I couldn't. And we got Ben Magnet. Ben? Ben, 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 you bought a carrot. Carrots don't weigh as much as gourds. Wait, I don't see him. Do you see him? No, he's gone. I think he has really bad IBS. Really, he's just pooping like a lot. That's IBS stand for? Irritable bowel syndrome. (laughs) (laughs) I thought thought you said he just has really bad ideas. Oh, no. No, I love his ideas, but his poops are really bad. So that's why he couldn't be here. Sorry, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> He's doing Is that something. just a thing that we do? Because when I was off once, you said it was because I had diarrhea. I think it's just my go-to. Yeah. Because I think poop's funny. Oh, I'm immature. <laughs> well, you are younger than both of them, both me, myself and Sparks. A whole, like, 12 months. I don't know how old you are, really. I'm 13. <laughs> I don't know that. No, yeah. Uh, hey, guys. What's up? Hey, it's good to see you guys. I feel like I just saw you, Brandon. We you did. A, we went to a fancy fun art yeah, gallery. Yeah, we went to we went to a, a friend of the show's, Mike Matola. Yeah. Uh, he had an art gallery over at the L.A. County store. I think it's still there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. Guys should go check that out if you're in L.A. Uh, he's really cool. He does. Um. We're actually trying to get him on, but he does art in a, in the sense. Look him up, Mike Matola. Mind by art. He will write out like lyrics or books. Full movie scripts. Full movie scripts. One time, one movie script in Japanese. Mm-hmm. He did the My, My Neighbor, Neighbor Totoro, Totoro yeah. in Japanese. It's crazy. It's beautiful, insane art. It takes some hours and like it's super. All handwritten. Oh, it's super dedicated. And yeah. uh, yeah. his Pokemon was he did a Pikachu with all 850 Pokemon names. It's, it's really bananas. It's insane. You guys definitely look up on Instagram. He's he's a he's a hell of an artist. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's been, really, really awesome. What yeah, he does. We've been trying to get him on for a long time. Yeah, man, schedules are hard. Yeah, man, they're hard. I Heck. think I actually twice said that he would be on in the coming weeks, and then we had to reschedule. Hey, man, it happens. It'll be great when it does happen. Yeah, so. Sparks. Hey, how you doing over in the uh, the virtuoso web over hey, there? Hey, I'm here. You're here. Should I'm I here. should I get used to it? Yeah. Cool, because you've already been on for a lot, so I'd hope so. <laughs> It'd be weird if you weren't. <laughs> I just uh, I had a good week. I, I was doing I was doing a lot of catch up this week. Mm, I found, I'm more of a mustard guy, but I'll uh, allow it. I uh, hate everything you just said. Right, I now. hate mustard and ketchup, so oh. I also hate it. <laughs> yeah, I watched. Uh, I started catching up on Agents of Shield, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, it's really good. Right. Um, I'm gonna catch up before uh, it's off. Before the latest season is off on Hulu. So I can catch up. I'm gonna start catching up about Doctor Who also mm-hmm. before the next before the Christmas special. I am also, I didn't I'm it. gonna do it. I didn't finish that last season. Yeah, I didn't finish the last two seasons. So yeah. wish me luck. Oh, you I got hours, boy. I still gotta do that too. Yeah, I want to because I want to see the next Christmas special. When? Oh, the Christmas special. Okay. When? Yeah. When does her? When does she start? Like, when does that new season start? Do you know? Uh, at the end of the Christmas special, she'll appear, and the next year, the new season will begin. Okay. I mean, but is it like, do we know if it's like early next year or like, are they still filming it? Or like... We don't know a date. Oh, okay. It's probably like August. Oh, okay. Later than that. Gotcha. Right. So uh, it would probably be some. I'm really stoked because it's like, a, it's like the first time it's been like, everything's new. New yeah. creative team, new new artist, like new gender. Yeah, it's it's going to be yeah. a completely refreshed show the for, for the first time since since Russell. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be cool, man. That'd be, that'd be cool. Um, some t- a lot of the times... Uh, a jarring change, like when when Matt Smith came on board, it was a very jarring change because so many things were different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I like that though at the, be- at the beginning, at least. Yeah, and it, but it, for me, it took a while for 
uh, Matt Smith to really feel like the doctor to me. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll see. I'm really excited. We talked about it on the show before we had uh, we had uh, Sparks and uh, your cousin on Sparks. Um, we talked about it then. We yes. were all very optimistic about the next season. Honestly, I've said it before. I'll say it again. They could have cast a chimpanzee. And as long as Stephen Moffat was leaving, I would have been okay. Also, that would be a right. really cool show. Right? Oh, man. Just, just switch species. Oh, man. <laughs> Dr. Snake. Uh, I also started, uh, real quick, just to wrap up my, my week, I, I started Watchmen finally. Hey, I like that book. Yeah, it's pretty good. I'm, it's o- a- I'm only one chapter in. So it's so that's like six regular comics. Yeah, pretty much. That is super dense. It's big. I, make sure you read all that supplementary stuff too, man. You got to read. You have to read all that stuff. Oh, I know. It's it's, it's worth it. It's it's so good. I, I promise you. This is the reason why I don't read he's, novels. He's right. I know. But ev- dude, I'm telling you, everything leads up to like for character moments and stuff, like stuff that's like like planted in there, and yeah. like nobody does it better than Alan Moore. Yeah. Woo. So how was your week, Sparks? Um, my week's been pretty crazy. Um. Been been doing a lot of stuff. Nothing uh, too nerdy that I can think of. Just like regular honest. life. Yeah, just like regular stuff. That's okay. You're here now. And that's um, what's important. Yeah, I, I. What did I do this week? Um, I started reading because um, I got I got it a while ago. So I started reading um, Son of Darthomir. Okay. The, yeah. The Darth Maul comic that takes place after the Clone Wars seasons ended yeah right it's the uh it's the last dark horse comics uh, they put out with darth maul and they're from scripts of clone wars that is, were unproduced yeah. robot legs yeah sweet not spider legs though no no spider legs gotcha. it, it's right after i mean it's not right after I read, I read it a while ago it was it's the only dark horse comic that is currently in continuity with star wars That's interesting yeah yeah I like that they just like pick and choose what they think is like, yeah, well, that's pretty cool. I'll take it. Right. Yeah. That was always the intention is when they were like, we're going to say everything's out of continuity, but when it when it suits us, we'll we'll bring something in and we'll make sure you guys know what's back into continuity. That's cool. I'm into it. So you see a lot of like Rebels is retroactively putting things back in um, with, right. with like Thrawn, something like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I like it. It's kind of simplified the continuity because the continuity got kind of big, contradictory. Yeah. I mean the yeah the continuity of Star Wars is always really intense and contradictory. I guess it's kind of good in a way that they wipe the slate clean and just like here's what we think is actually like essential and really good. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And, and it really helped out when they were doing Force Awakens, with not to be like, hey, J.J. Abrams, here's like thirty years of history you have to make make sense. Yeah, instead of it was yeah, like, no, this is. It's honestly it, it, the original extended universe got so massive that it's it's basically its own thing. And it still exists if you want to acknowledge it. But it's basically Dragon Ball GT to the new trilogy's Dragon Ball Super. Yes. I will always love that because Vegeta has a mustache. <laughs> mustache Vegeta. Best Vegeta. That's the best Vegeta. Yeah. So yeah. I played Mass Effect Andromeda a little bit this week. That's uh, right, because you got it on accident. I, so I wanted to get Nier Automata, which is like uh, a game of the year runner for a lot of places. It's like the super cool uh, Japanese RPG and that was my number one on Gamefly, but I got my number two, and I got Mass Effect, so I'm like, yeah, I'll try it out. Uh, Mass Effect 2 is my favorite game of all time, so I avoided this game for a long time, just because I heard the bad press. And now I understand why, because that game's not very good. <laughs> I played it for about four hours, and I'm like, man, this, this, the quality level is just so down. Just everything is just like subpar, and I'm like, oh, this is breaking my heart. I don't even want to play it anymore. So it's gone. Bye. Sorry, Mass Effect. I told you you could just send it back. I know, but I wanted to at least know, like really know, and now I know, and it's almost worse. Sometimes you sometimes, don't need to know. I don't need to open that box sometimes. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. Uh, yeah, so yeah, good weeks all around. How was your week, Bet? Oh, yeah. 
He's pooping. Oh, still. <laughs> still. <laughs> He's still pooping. I guess this week was pretty shitty. Oh. <laughs> oh. I love you. God. <laughs> uh, he can't have any uh, uh, bread or butter, though, can he? No, he can't. But we can. Yes. Good. Let's get in some. He bread. shouldn't. He shouldn't have bread and butter while he's in the bathroom. Well, won't that constipate? That might have been the problem. He might have had too much. Mm, oh, okay. that's true. That's true. You. And yeah. then if you get like the poop particles in with it oh. if you're in the bathroom eating it. It's no, not yeah, you don't want any of that. Yeah, dip it in the in the poop water. No, is that what you do? No, whoa, whoa. not at all. <laughs> you, that's a really gross place. Do you guys not do that? Not anymore. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, it's after dark. <laughs> <laughs> it's very late. Yes. Um, it's actually not that late. It is not, in not another country. Normal, not to our normal stuff. No. Yeah, yeah that's true. Well, it's pretty pretty average for us. Let's get into our bread and butter. Mm. We're going to open today with um, Pokemon. Oh. Uh, we have finally cast the long-awaited casting of Detective Pikachu. Danny DeVito. Dude, no. no lie. I have been waiting to hear who of those four contenders we talked about so long ago was going to be it. Not that I really want to see this movie, but yeah. like... Who was gonna be the the person? Not who I thought well, it was gonna now be. Now <laughs> we know it is Ryan Reynolds. Sure, I guess. <laughs> Can I be honest? Yeah. I yeah. think this is the most boring of the four options. It is. To be honest, is it? I think so. It, because it was it was him and Hugh Jackman and Mark Wahlberg and The Rock. Yeah. I, I wanted Mark Wahlberg. I wanted a Boston ass Pikachu I wanted, so bad. I wanted Mark Wahlberg or The Rock. Yeah. Because uh, Ryan Reynolds is just gonna like. I like Ryan Reynolds a lot, but he's gonna do his Ryan Reynolds thing, and I don't want that with Pikachu. Like that's not what I. That's like I'm. Yeah. I'm all right. I got Deadpool. I'm cool. Uh, well, he so he joins. We we actually have not talked about Detective Pikachu uh, since that initial talk of the and four contenders for this yeah. for this role. Uh, but since then, they have cast two of the leads: Catherine uh, Newton from Big Little Lies and Justice Smith from The Get Down. Uh, they will. They are the. They are the leads in the film, and apparently, the plot will center around the kidnapping of the father of Justice Smith's character. Uh, the teen lead them teams. That's a mm. really weird sentence. Sorry, mm. I copied this verbatim. Uh, it leads them to Pikachu, uh, and they hunt him. They hunt him down. The guy who kidnapped the father, and then uh, and then Newton plays a reporter, uh, a journalist who's uh, tagging along. It's uh, written by Guardians of the Galaxy's Nicole Perlman and Alex Hirsch, who created Gravity Falls, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, it is directed by Rob Letterman, who directed Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Ghost. Goosebumps. Yeah. There you go. Goosebumps. Uh, Alex Hirsch is such a good writer. I, ugh. Yo, man. Like so is Nicole Perman. She, she's writing. She's writing Captain Marvel. Also. Yeah, it's this is a it's just a weird movie. Like I wanted this to be like a Pokemon movie, but it seems like it's just like a human movie with a Pokemon in it. And I I it's, like two framed Roger Rabbit with a detective Pikachu. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I liked uh, I liked Goosebumps. Yeah. I did. I, I did honestly too. did. I did too. There you go. Okay. So hey, I mean, man, this could be like a great a great thing for all we know. It's just like weird. It's very weird. It's just a, it's yeah, it's weird. It's just like why this? Why did you go? Maybe this the route? script is just so like bonkers good. Maybe like like you know crazier. I've seen. I mean, I don't know. Right, but I mean the the script didn't wasn't there at first. Like they had this. I they bought maybe this IP he, and then yeah, said but, make but a script. The, the pitch idea maybe was maybe just yeah. too too delicious. Yeah. Maybe. So Plus that mar- the the marketing and like the the merchandising. Oh man, they're gonna oh they're gonna make a killing. Yeah, and this is. I mean, yeah. the the whole thing did stem from the boom of Pokemon Go, and I'm like, why Pokemon Go equals Detective Pikachu and not just That's a right. Pokemon movie? That is right. Weird. That's true. Yeah, because I guess it's a lot easier to make a 
like a, a regular like movie with one Pokemon than making like a fully fleshed out adventure. No, totally. It actually it actually does make more sense because you get like big name human stars for the majority of it. You don't have to create a whole bunch of Pokemon characters. It won't be what will probably have been a pretty pathetic movie anyway. Yeah. At least they did something unique. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's true. It's going to be undeniably unique. Yeah, I mean, think about it. Like, what other film outside of Who Framed Roger Rabbit is like this? Mm. Uh, Space Jam. Come on, it's Lamb. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's fair. I'll give you that. Flubber. I won't. I won't give you a flubber. No. Dude, Let's... it's the same. It just doesn't talk. Yeah, but I mean, okay. You put a little boogie into it, and it moves around a lot. I love that movie. Yeah, it's all right. Anyway, Scooby Doo. Oh, okay. Uh, shut yeah. up. <laughs> shut up. Wait, Looney Tunes back in action. <laughs> All of you shut up. <laughs> we keep going. Okay, there's a lot of movies like this, but this one will be unique. Smurfs. Yeah, but how many of them are really really good though? Um mm, out of the ones we listed. Scooby Doo and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, that's it. Space Jam is not a good movie. No. Flubber is a good movie. Yeah, but I I don't count it. Okay. I won't count it. Anyway, let's move on. Okay. This is the, the meatiest thing that happened this week. Is Meaty? that There was an entire uh, info dump oh. of Ben. No, of uh, <laughs> <laughs> of uh, X-Men Dark Phoenix. Oh, no, 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 no. So, much to the chagrin of Sparks, I'm sure, this, will, this film will be set 10 years after X-Men Apocalypse. Listen, it takes place in 1992. That's all, and they're gonna have that theme song in there because if they hey, don't, I'm gonna hey boycott man. it. I'm gonna boycott hey it. Hey man, I don't mind the ten year jumps. You just gotta make me believe that the characters have actually grown ten. Like, I, <laughs> just the promotional images of alone, I'm like, I don't believe this is a decade later Jean Grey and a decade later Cyclops. Yeah. Well, but even looking at Michael Fassbender and James McAvoy, they should be like in their fifties, right? They at least, yeah, at least, and they still look like like sexy as hell yeah like, what do you come on you can put some gray them up great put all that gray in there great gray gray ball patches on oh, it's, it's yeah. a really it's a really really silly thing to be upset about but at the same time they make it such a big point of the setting of the films like they they really shove it in there that it's important that it takes place in that decade yeah it really annoys me that they don't let it reflect in the characters is beast in this movie yeah they're all returning. So, okay so this is like 25 years later from the first movie, right? Nope. Like, no. 68? This is... Like 30? More. This yeah. is... Let's see, 10, 20... This is like 30 years. Okay, so Beast looks the same. They all look the same. And like, come on, come on, come on. I mean, like... I know it's suspension of disbelief, like, whatever. Like, no, but it's... Mystique, it's sure, be, but whatever. It's supposed to be 10 years after First Class was yeah. Days of Future Past. 10 years after Days of Future Past was X-Men Apocalypse. No, yeah. This is now 40 years later. Yeah, they're, they should be... Dude, like, yeah. dude, like 15 years after the Wolverine and... and Hugh Jackman looked wrecked. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Actually, yeah. That's true, yeah. Like, they made us believe that Hugh Jackman looked 15 years older. Yeah. And he's a guy who doesn't age. It's true, yeah. Well, well, the, the, whatever. Well, what, tell me more about this movie, though. Uh, it's, just, it's just... Tell me about the, the, the fantastic villain and Ten uh, years. Whatever. Well, we don't know much about Ch- uh, Jessica Chastain, but we do have a bit more on the plot. So, the mutant teams... And so, this is from the EW. This is quoting from EW. Ew. The mutant teams are now national heroes, with James McAvoy's Charles Xavier landing on the cover of Time magazine and inflating his ego a little too far. Oh, he's going back to that 60s vibe. Yeah. yeah hitting on girls. Writer-director Simon Kinberg explains that Xavier puts the team on more and more dangerous missions, culminating a space rescue mission gone awry, where Solar Flare awakens Jean, Grey, Jean Grey's dark inner force, the Phoenix. 
Drawn in part from the original Phoenix comic storyline, the film will apparently be the most sinister and somber entry sinister. in the series and includes a massive twist halfway through that will irrevocably change the course sinister. of the franchise, according to EW. Sinister's not in this film. Damn it. <laughs> Wait, why would they tell so, us that there's a, there's a plot twist in halfway through the I know, movie? right? That's a really like, weird thing to do. So I'm, uh, I'm not like... Oh, Jen- whatever Jennifer Lawrence says is gospel, but I read her comment about working with Simon Kinberg instead of Brian Singer. Oh yeah, and the and the way she talked about it made me go, you know what? Maybe this will be at least nearly as good as First Class. Yeah, did, but did you read because what I, she I, said? Did you read what she said before that, which I really love? Yeah. It, can I? I'm going to read it. Yeah, yeah, it's go great. Ahead. So, so the same article that the Sparks is referring to. Uh, that we're all referring to this all from EW. Um, <laughs> she says, "I kind of effed myself." Lawrence jokes, because when I was trying to talk, when I was trying to talk Simon into directing, he said something like, "If I direct, you have to do it," and I was like, "Of course, duh." And then they offered me the movie, and I was like, "God damn it!" Yep. Hey, you signed that contract. Girl. She, I mean, well, she didn't have to. Vert of a verbal contract, friendship contract, it's a friendship contract. There you go. Yeah, she. Uh, I mean, she was very vocal about not wanting to come back to this franchise after yeah. Apocalypse. Yeah, and she's an Academy Award-winning actress, and she's not using that no. in those movies. No, and I'd really not. like her to care a little bit more. So, like, if, if like obviously, like if you're working for someone you don't like, you won't give them what they need. But no, but like, I would like her to care as much as she cared in First Class. Yeah, and that wasn't and that wasn't Brian Singer. And yeah. and this is this is just encouraging to me because of her being so open about how she wasn't really into returning that that she pushed Simon Kinberg to do this, mm-hmm. and right. now he's doing it. And she says that she had a much better time on it essentially than she did on the last two i'm i'm more encouraged about this one that that i'll i'll enjoy it more yeah i definitely um, tr- trust kimberg a lot side note uh we're never going to see another brian singer x-men film they nope. did say uh, that they, it is it does look like a, a brian singer x-men film is far far away that, that, that oh makes it's sense. it's done they broke ties with his production company it's oh like, i didn't see that but yeah that, that makes yeah, sense yeah yeah they're that makes sense done. but but also even like i think not even including the Fox Disney deal. Like I think after this is like this is maybe like when you do new stuff because it's like the end of like that trilogy or that quadrilogy or whatever. Or do they keep it's, going it, to it, a fifth movie? They have brought themselves up to what would have been the modern time of the original X Men film, though the continuity is is no longer yeah. connected. If they jump ten years, ten they years just in the remake X Men with these new characters. <laughs> I'm sure that was an idea. Yeah, and it's called the X Men or Uncanny X Men. I mean, I or just sell it to Disney, remake everything, make it beautiful. I mean, because I, I mean, I don't want to get too much into the Fox Disney thing, yeah. but like, my only, my, I mean, I have a lot of reservations. I want to be clear. I am against the Fox Disney deal. Yes. Um, almost wholeheartedly. I'm like 90% against the Fox Disney deal. But one of the things, one of the reasons is, is because I, Regardless of the direction, I don't really care about the main X-Men titles. I'm interested to see where New Mutants go and Deadpool goes. We know that Drew Garner is working on an X-Force film. I want to mm-hmm. see that film. I agree, yeah. So, I mean, well, I mean we're not going to get into that today, but boy. Um, so, Kinberg was quoted saying, Gene absorbs uh, those solar flares. because So, the beginning of the film, as we know... They go into space to help uh, to help some people in, in space from solar flares. And Sophie Turner goes out into space and absorbs the solar flares. So 
Kimber- so is that what Jean Grey does? No. Okay. So, <laughs> I mean, as we know, as comic nerds, we yeah. know that the co- that the Phoenix Force like, is a cosmic yeah. force, a cosmic entity. Yeah. Uh, no, nah, man, she's made of like intense sunlight. Oh, that's how it works. That's right. But in X two, she was just massive. In X three, she was massive. Just she was Scarlet Witch in X three, basically. Yeah. Um, I was watching X three uh, like a year ago. I was gonna say, don't say recently. No, <laughs> and like a year ago, and it was, and I saw her standing next to Magneto, and she's dressed like Scarlet Witch. I'm like, that that you just yeah. did Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so she's so Kimberg was quoted: Jean absorbs those solar flares and then hurls them back out into space. That's what triggers, awakens, creates this Phoenix Force, and voice inside her. What appears to be the world. But it appears to the world to be another heroic victory by the X-Men and saving stranded people in space, we realize is the thing that begins the unraveling of Jean and the unraveling of secrets Charles told her. Now listen, we all know how the Phoenix Saga ends with her dying. There's no way they kill her, right? I don't think they kill her again, no. Because that'd be just, I mean, that's really dumb. He has said quite some time he would like to try again, try the Phoenix Saga again, and this is him doing it. Yeah. And maybe it is. But I don't know. I have a question. Hey, Shoot. What's up? Do you guys feel like the last movie was enough to care about this character for this? No. No. Not really. Neither do I. Neither do I, I. A lot of people seem to really like her, but I think they just like... Sophie Turner. I think Sophie they just Turner. like Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I agree. I think that a lot of people like her for the role, which I agree with. But I'm like, I don't have enough investment in this version of Jean right now, to be honest. Uh, we talked about it. We didn't review Apocalypse on the show, but we were pretty talking about it just through us Meh. it was pretty universally like i liked it but i like it for magnino and xavier yeah i don't like it for anyone else yeah everything else is kind of like eh. yeah i mean that's why and I, and, and hugh jackman's cameo and hugh jackman's cameo was pretty great mm, that's really good, right? except it was completely shoehorned in but still great but still great that yeah that that original weapon x outfit yeah man it's pretty it was cool. cool that's all that um great. apparently so magneto's geonosis yeah will show up in this movie Mutant haven it uh, only took how many X-Men movies to finally get that? Yeah, but you have to have Magneto like be the bad guy, then turn into the good guy, then be the bad guy, and now he's a good guy again. So like, you know. And then murder a ton of people and then walk murder away. Murder a ton of people and everything's cool about it. Uh, yeah. Is Magneto not a national hero? No. Okay, good. He's not like the arrow. Good. <laughs> well. the, the green arrow or whatever. The hood. The hood. I don't know what they're calling him these days. I just watched the show, too. <laughs> he set up, uh, quote, he set up this place for mutants that don't have a home to go to, and they can seek refuge there. They have to work as a community, but it's a safe place for them, and they'll be accepted. It's the mutant homeland. So, uh, they're not, I don't know if they're going to do any Sentinel stuff in here, but, like, Genosha gets destroyed, and everyone dies. And it's yeah, all we sad. saw the Sentinels in the lot, and yeah. two movies ago. Yeah, no. I'm just curious, like, they're combining a whole bunch of different stuff, so I'm just wondering, like, just like they've always done. How, yeah, it's like how much are they going to incorporate like everything and how much and are they going to leave you, out? And I, I kind of jokingly asked you, like, how could they do the shitty version of Genosha? Yeah. Like, like, what, yeah, like how could they mess it up? And I'm like, I don't know, dude. It's just like an island they go hang out at. I'm like, I don't know, put it back on Alcatraz again. I know, right? Like, it's How could they ruin it? Yeah. Because the X-Men films are like... Because the Phoenix the Phoenix Saga, for example, massive space epic. We're, we're, we're on Earth for this film. Yeah. We're on we're on Earth for this film. This, we're not the going space, to space comes to them. Yes, um, Jessica Chastain is quoted as a um, uh, sorry, I have it quoted an an otherworldly shapeshifter that comes into contact with Phoenix, and so it looks like the aliens are coming to Earth, but like and people have speculated because they said shapeshifter that it might be scrolls. 
but like scrolls are in Captain Marvel, so they're doing the we're gonna have two scrolls and two different movies like Quicksilver kind of thing. Yeah. And I'm like, oh no, come on guys. I really hope this. But they the also case. said otherworldly, and scrolls aren't otherworldly. They're kind of just like an alien race. They're not like ethereal or anything. Well, otherworldly could mean just off world. I'm just world. thinking like maybe like it's more grand than that instead of just scrolls. Right. But the, it could be. I remember when she was first cast, we all thought she was Lalandra. Yeah, but she apparently is not. I mean, she looks closer it, it, to that than a scroll lady. But I don't know. It would be a strange choice to go and make her a scroll, especially because I, I mean, because the X Men and the Shi'ar stuff. Like, yeah, there is scroll stuff, but the Shi'ar is like what's involved mm-hmm. with that saga. So, like, it's just who knows? It just could all be fake. Who knows? Which could true. It's yeah. True. Who knows? Um, this is not my most exce- ex- anticipated X Men film next year. I'm more way more excited for New Mutants. Heck yeah! Than for this. this Deadpool is, 2's next year too, right? Deadpool two. Yeah. Well, I was saying like you know obviously we're all excited for Deadpool two. I was and making then, sure. Then it was New Mutants under that, and then this. Yeah. So. I definitely have more faith in it now than like if it might have been Brian Singer still. Mm-hmm. Not because of like the controversy, just like I didn't think Apocalypse was great, and I'm like yeah. maybe just it's time to move on, buddy. First Class is still yeah. my favorite X Men film. Yeah, X two. I think first class is. I great. love X two. X two is great. I also yeah. like X two. Yeah, X two is like number two. It is number. Anyway. It is number two. You're right. <laughs> Wait, Ben's not have, here. Do we have non X Men bread? Well, we do have oh. a we oh, do have a girl. Non- we have seconds and thirds and fourths. Well, not yet, uh, because real quick on the the X Men kind of Marvel thing is that Marvel uh-huh. is going to start a scripted podcast. Oh right, uh, Richard oh, Armitage. Yes. Yeah, Richard Armitage. Yeah, from the, the Hobbit. Uh, in Castlevania, yes, uh, has been cast as the Wolverine. He's got a good voice in a scripted podcast called Wolverine: The Long Night, which will air on Stitcher in the spring of 2018. Are we on Stitcher? Yeah, I think cool. so. Cool. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> we'll find out. But maybe Wolverine is. Um, the quote. Uh, the synopsis is: The story begins with two agents, Sally Pierce, played by Celia Keenan Bulger, sure, and Tad Marshall Atto. Uh, no, yeah. who arrives in the fictional <laughs> town of Burns, Alaska, to investigate a series of murders? The duo team up with Deputy Bobby Raid. No, to investigate their <laughs> <Not even laughs> try it. their main suspect, Logan Armitage. Logan. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. So that's cool. So it's it's like a it's like a scripted story podcast. That's just a, like us. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, it's like, <laughs> hey, it's Wolverine Bob. Let's talk about the news. Just, just like Suburban Proctologist. That's, That's like cool. Suburban. Right on. That's super interesting and cool. I'm into it. Yeah. That'd be kind of neat. I'm looking forward I to I listen that. to a lot of podcasts. I'll listen to one with Wolverine. Yeah. I mean, Marvel, the script of Marvel podcast is sounding fun. And you know, Richard Armitage, he's like, he's a, I could see him being a Wolverine. Oh, yeah. Me too. Yeah, like, if they wanted to recast uh, Wolverine with Watch this be like their accidental sneak in. Right. And they are like, oh, this wasn't supposed to be released yet. That'd be funny. Yeah, I actually could see him replacing Hugh Jackman. Yeah. He might be a little old if he wants to do it for the long game. Or not. Or, or just one. Just one just movie. Just for funsies. Let me yeah. redo it again. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, getting away from the X Men. Tarantino. Oh, this is a juicy meatball. So Tarantino, in the beginning of this this spiraled like a snowball, by the way. Yeah. Because at the beginning of the week, it started as he had pitched, J- he had told J.J. Abrams a cool idea for a Star Trek movie, and then that was it. And then the next day, they've created a writer's room to yeah. pitch ideas based yeah. off the story. And then the next day, there. so what we have now. So Tarantino has approached J.J. Abrams with an idea. It is unclear... If he will helm the project, if he will direct the project, uh, it's likely. However, if he is serious about retiring after 10 films, which he has, that has been his narrative for a very long time, then I I cannot see a Star Trek movie being his 10th movie. 
Yeah. And also, it would be a couple years because he's making that Charles Manson movie next year. Right. So it's going to be a little bit. And I think they want to get this going. So I assume he would just write it. Right. I would guess. Well, he's not even writing it. Oh, oh, okay. Because Mark L. Smith, who wrote The Revenant, mm-hmm. oh, that's a good movie, is the front runner to write the script. Oh, it's just like his story. Okay, it's gotcha. his story. Got it. It's like Devil was M. Night Shyamalan's story, but someone else wrote it. Okay. It's actually not decent, not, not a bad film. Mm, yeah, that's right. Um, so they're going to shoot for an R rating. I don't know if I'm if I want an R-rated Star Trek film. I'll be honest. I'm just I like new things, so I'm just I'm just imagining. I talked about it with you. Like nobody does character work better than Quentin Tarantino. Like the beginning of Inglorious Bastards, where two people are just sitting in a room together talking, is like the most tense you will I've ever. That's the most amazing scene ever. And just imagine like a Klingon and a and a and a military guy, just like they're just going at it and they they can't understand each other. It gets really tense. But what does an R-rated Star Trek film even look? Just like? more violent because it can't have blood because the way their weapons are designed is to is is it was deliberately created yeah. by the by like producers to erase that. Uh, I that think idea. I think. If they wanted to go hard, they can just like you know get the Klingon blade to cut people up. You know, if, yeah, Klingon, yeah. yeah. So uh, and Tarantino is a is a is a huge Star Trek fan. He's said quoted it was quoted in, in an interview. I don't remember by who uh, a while ago. I remember reading me. this. It was you. It was you, me. It was you, my interview. you interviewed him. Um, <laughs> he said that any Star Trek original series episode can be expanded into a two hour, two and a half hour and film. They, and they did. And <laughs> Rathacon. <laughs> Yeah, actually, I'll say, I'll give you that one. Yeah. Um, so he so he was so he was like, you can you don't need to reinvent it. You could just do that and expand it, and you've got your movie. So I wonder if that's what this is. However, it's also unclear if this is the fourth Star Trek film, or if it's something new. I think it's something new. But what do you think, Sparks? Um, I think that it's very possible that it will. In, in a sense, be the fourth Star Trek film because it'll keep the same cast. I don't see them changing it. Mm. See, I I'm of the opinion. I'm of the the opposite opinion. I don't see them keeping this cast. I thought it would just be something completely new. Yeah, honestly, I feel like Tarantino wouldn't want to do a sequel. He would like want to be beholden to that universe and to those cast members. Right. I think he just wants to. Do, it doesn't even have to start anyone like in the in like big or like a captain. It gets to be like some cadet who gets stranded on a planet. Yeah, <clears throat> and he just needs that Star Trek universe to tell the story. Maybe. The I, Logan of Star Trek. Okay. Oh. I'm just saying it's possible. Patrick Stewart. He said he, did you not hear that thing that he wants to come back? He yeah. says like, uh, so if Tarantino doesn't. Just make it like a broken mirror thing and like he gets trapped in a, yeah. Thing. I, I just came up with a Star Trek movie I'd like to see from Tarantino. Um, <laughs> I'll call him. I interviewed him once. So like, I, I don't know if I want this. I'll be honest. It's just but completely I'll, but new I'll be, and different. Right. It's new, it's it's different, and I'm not opposed to that. With Star, hey, look, if, I, if it's good, I'll watch it. It just needs to be proven is all. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just weird. It's out of left field. Yeah. <clears throat> it's completely out of left like, field. Yeah, like the news article's like, yeah, t- Tarantino wants to make a Star Trek movie. You're like, what? And then Tarantino is actually working on And then like a week one. later, hey, it's actually happening. This is so weird. It's just funny how like fandom can make things happen. Right, it's like with Deadpool, like like th- that thing got released, and then everyone's like, "Please make this movie," and then like, "Hey, Quentin Tarantino makes, makes a Star Trek movie," and then like a million people are like, "I'll buy that ticket." This could help Paramount as a studio because they've been kind of floundering right now. They don't really have a big budget blockbuster. Nope, they just got a ton of mid level stuff. The Star Trek films don't do well. Nope, and I've argued that it's because Star Trek doesn't do well on the big screen. Uh, it's got a lot of diminishing returns there. However, you put Tarantino's name attached to a Star Trek film, you get butts in that seat. He doesn't make blockbusters. He just makes movies, and those movies make blockbuster money. Yes. It's because it's his name. Yes. So I think, I think, like, anything, of course, anything could be good, like we always say, but, like, I'm just imagining something where, like, man, it's like, I think 
this could be super cool. Like, get it away from all the famous people from, like, that universe and just, like, just make it small and low-key in that universe. And, like, because I bet people still swear. There are people who probably swear in the future, I would imagine. Right? Um, According, well, I mean, Gene Roddenberry's perfect idea of the future is that everyone is just well-read and and no one, like, because back then in the 60s, it was seen as, like, that's bad speak. Like, But that's you, also then. Right. Because I think that, a lot of us but, swear and we're not But that has people. carried off, that, that carried into... Star Trek yeah. lore is that 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 those those words were just erased from the vocabulary. I, mean, I can understand that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Man. Make it like Demolition Man, where he comes from the past. I'd watch that, and then he's the only one who swears. <coughs> I'd watch that. Oh my god! Actually, this actually could totally work. Just make Demolition Man. <laughs> and to wrap up our news, we got a lot of trailers to talk about. I was about to say that's it, but it's like forty trailers. Yeah, there's a lot so of trailers. Sweet. Um, do you guys want to do like kind of smaller and then work up to the big ones? Yeah. Okay. So then let's talk about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Man, what a cool teaser. Yeah, I'm intrigued. Man, this looks really cool. What about you, Sparks? Spider, spider expert? I'm glad that they are keeping Miles Morales' true origin. Yes. You see Prowler in that uh, that very quick. The grave, PP? The grave with P and P on it, Mm -hmm. which means Peter Parker died so Miles could become Spider-Man, and I, I like that. And I, because they're calling it Into the Spider-Verse, we know this is going to be, this is only a teaser. You don't really see anything. But they're going to get a bunch of Spider-Man. That's the whole point of the trailer. Well, he like, says, he even asked at the end of the trailer, so how many, how many of us are there? Yeah. So, so I wonder if this is, because I remember they were also talking about doing a Spider-Gwen film. Mm-hmm. Oh, a little while ago, they were they, that IP was running around. I wonder if this was the same movie. She's definitely in it. Right. So like no I wonder doubt. if like no the doubt. the rumor of the Spider-Gwen film it was just the same movie as we didn't put the two it's and possible. two together. It's very possible. Um It's It's no, going to yeah, be yeah. interesting to see how they make general audiences care about all these different spider characters. Yeah. Um so I imagine that this is going to be almost the same event just from Miles's perspective. Like it's still going to be probably the same villains. That's why all the spiders have to get together. I'm almost, I'm almost going to guarantee that we're going to have Tom Holland's voice as Peter Parker from our universe because they're all going to come I together. Was, I was going to say, do you think that they'll have Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield, and Tobey Maguire all in it? I said the same you, thing to yeah, you yesterday. Yeah, Brandon said the same thing, and I was like, you know what? I'm against. I, I don't think so, but there's no reason not to. Right. Right. And it is a Marvel Sony collaboration as well, so like, there's no reason not to get everyone involved. No, this is strictly Sony. Is it? I this is said, just Sony animation. I thought it's. Oh, it said it was association with Marvel or something. Oh. Well, I mean, yeah, it, like like the Marvel brand and everything, but like oh. Marvel isn't inputting on this. This is the Sony end of things. Got it. Okay. That's part of the deal. Okay. Um, I still think you so, can see Tom so Holland. So in in that vein, I've got this weird like the closest thing I can compare it to is Mr. Uh, Sherman and Mr. Peabody. I've got this weird vibe of that film to this, and I'm like, I hope this isn't too funky. Oh yeah, I really like that yeah. movie. I'll be honest. Yeah. No, I do too, but it doesn't. That same tone doesn't fit for this. True. That's it, what I'm saying. Yeah. I hope this movie doesn't get too weird on itself. I don't want to see. Here's what it is. I don't want to see a movie version of the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon because I don't really like that cartoon. I I I they don't did think do it a will... Spider Verse. No, yeah, I I I actually watched most of that show. Uh, I couldn't stand like the chibi nonsense, but like I just like seeing those characters. So yeah. Um, but man, like Spider Verse is such a cool the event. same problem with like uh, also Spider Man has the same problem that the Ray and Vixen have for me. Yeah, the animation is really stiff. Mm, okay, yeah. Like when people are like, I watched the clips of Miles Morales and it's Donald Glover, and Donald Glover is a really excessive, like expressive uh, talker. Mm-hmm. But Miles is just kind of like 
I think and you and you and but you hear uh, it's the animation because they won't animate him. But you hear like him, like you hear the emotion in his voice and the and the and the wacky waving inflatable arm in the tube man Mm, uh, in his voice. But you, he's just stag- stagnant, and that's kind of my problem with like the CWC, the animated shows. I watched all the Ray, by the way. It's actually yeah. pretty decent, um, and it's uh, and I don't want to see that animation in uh, in like a three D environment, yeah. which is what they're doing. And but I will be honest, there's a couple of sequences in that in that trailer that I we're not sure were three D. Oh, we're, we're, we're yeah, an- I, we're it animated. looks almost stop motiony. Yeah, like it, it's kind of like almost like janky the way it looks, but like in a in a good way. It reminded me of the Ultimate Spider-Man video game. Yeah, hey, the yeah, cell shaded yeah. one, right? Yeah, okay. That was actually a lot of fun. That was a good game. I think I have that still. Yeah, I do. Yeah, there it is. It's pretty yeah. good. Um, so uh, Andrew Garfield is going to play the British Spider-Man with a mohawk. Tobey Maguire can play old Ben Ben can, Parker Spider-Man. Can we please? Can I would love to see like the Captain Britain Spider-Man show up. Oh yeah, dude. Because that'd be great. Dude, like the Cosmic Spider-Man, get like the Spider Zord in there. Just get them all. So cool. Or the um the the manga. The, 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 the voice by Gerard Way. The, yeah, <laughs> dude, yeah, yeah. Well, it's a girl. Hey, Gerard Way. <laughs> no. no. All right, all out. Uh, that was no. a cool one. The one with Daredevil as her partner, and she was like the iron, the, the spider suit. It's great. Uh, Jessica Jones season two trailer dropped this week. Ooh, I didn't watch this one. Sorry. Wow. Oh. It was only like a minute. It was like a teaser. I thought. No, it's it's full trailer. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, like snapping pictures. It's, it's kind of a teaser. I saw a, I saw a clip of her snapping pictures of some people's. That's about it. It looks really good. Yeah, I'm very much excited for. Jessica so what's Jones what's the back. what's the plot? I know it's like she is now known as like a superhero killer lady. Well, I have the synopsis. Please. Um, New York private investigator Jessica Jones is beginning to put her life back together after murdering her tormentor Kilgrave, yeah. now known throughout the city as the, a superpowered killer. A new case makes her reluctantly confront who she really is <laughs> while digging deeper into her past to explore the reasons why. Now, we also have a release date. March. March 8th, 2018. That's a good date. This is the first time that um, they've uh, they've they've dropped the release date so early. That's a, yeah, it's only like four months away. Yeah, that's we, awesome. We didn't get the the Punisher release date until like a month late, until like a month early. That's true, man. right? But we we have suspicion that they weren't fully settled on when to drop Punisher. That's fair. But yeah, so this is, I mean, this looks good. I'm really excited for Jessica Jones. Uh, and I keep seeing pictures that like Kilgrave is like, obviously he's gone. In her like, mind. But he's definitely in her mind a lot. And like, yo man, any any more David Tennant, I'm happy. Yeah. It's oh. kind of my problem with like Marvel just in general killing villains because you kind of lose yeah. some of the stories that you could do with them. He's definitely one of the best ones for sure. Yeah. But he but he's but he's also one of the only villains in Marvel who I'm like, what what else do you do? Purple Children. Well, you could do the Purple Children. You mm-hmm. could do the Purple Children. Mm-hmm. No, uh, I mean, what else do you do besides kill him? You oh, could yeah. still do the purple children, by the way. He could have just had children. At, That's true. At, at the, when it comes to the end of season one, like, how else do you end this other than killing him? Like, right. What else is sufficient to stop him? Yeah. And be right. okay. That's true. I really want to see Defender season two handle the purple children now. That'd be so cool. Because television, television is different from comics, so. You right. Yeah. I mean, it's true. It's like, where do you go with this character? Who is a character that always does the same thing over and over again? Essentially. But now I'm really like into seeing the defenders tackle yeah. the purple children. Is there is there any hint of like who the bad guy is for this in that trailer? No, I don't believe so. Do we have any it. idea about like what the season is even about? Because I don't know anything well, it's, about it's it. It's about well, Nuke comes back. Um, oh, Nuke! Oh my gosh, he's gonna get his taste his face tattooed. I hope. I hope so. I oh man, he deserves it. And it, it looks like they're going to dive into her origin, like because in the in the comics, her origin is is just 
it's classic Marvel origins, radiation and coma, whatever. Yeah. But in the show, they've really made a conspiracy around her origin. Oh, right. It involves like Luke Cage's wife and stuff. Too. Yeah, yeah. So it looks like they're it's they're going into that story. Yeah, it's probably the villain is going to have something probably to do with um, the oh, I forget his name, cop guy who went bad at the end of season one. Nuke. Uh, oh, I yeah. his name. Yeah. I forgot his real name, but Nuke. Yeah. Um, and yeah. we might see Hellcat in this season. Which would be kind oh, of she's neat. a good character, though, so I'll, I'll allow it. Yeah. Oh, you mean actual Hellcat? Well, no, we're actually seeing we're seeing her. We're seeing Trish, but we might actually see her suit up as wow. Hellcat, which would be kind Taking of fun. Taking boxing classes. Sorry, Patsy Walker. There you go. Patsy. All right, well. Jessica! <laughs> um, Marvel Rising Secret Warriors dropped a little thing. I just want to bench, I just really want to mention this briefly uh, because they Spider-Gwen is in it. All like all of the new heroes are in it. Like all like, and Quake is voiced by Chloe Bennett. That's cool. That's, uh, that's cool. kind of neat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's an animated show that's going to be put out, and they call Spider Gwen Ghost Spider. A lot of people don't like it. I'm a fan of it. I like it. I'll I, be honest. I think it's a pretty okay name. I, as probably the only one on the internet who's talking about this title, who has read her comic, mm-hmm. because we know we all know. Not to begrudge, but a lot of people on the internet who like who like rage out about things don't actually read the comics they're raging out about. Ninety percent of people don't. Um, yeah, but I've been reading Spider Gwen. I really love that book. But if they changed her name from from Spider Woman to Ghost Spider, I'd be totally into it because yeah. her her costume is unique. Uh, but her name is not. Yeah, her name is very Spider Woman. Spider Woman. Spider Woman. You're not the first one. But it could be her, the first Ghost Spider. Her comic is super unique. Her costume is super unique, and her comic is really unique. And I would like to see that her name be unique to reflect that yeah i fun. agree maybe it'll be something that'll like um like slowly transition in the comics after this idea has been like planted yeah actually there is like, a oh, rumor I deserve my own identity there is a rumor suggested that after the whole gwenham story is is done that she will rebrand as ghost a new number one i mean <laughs> i agree you agree sparks i do good Are i'm you, glad i have you ever read uh, uh spider gwen i read the first like Two like volume ones before it was like relaunched again again. I mean the volume zero and the volume one. I don't know, man. I read I read a couple of like the very very early stuff. Yeah, I've I've been following it since it dropped before. But after, I, I I mean I've been following it since Edge of Spider Verse two. Yeah, I have that comic. It's probably the most expensive comic I own. Same. Um, mm, no, I got Batman one signed. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I got Saga number one too, and that's that's like, probably pretty that's good. Pretty too. good. Yeah. yeah. Um, don't come steal my comics, please. <laughs> um, um so like Brandon's address is one No 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 <laughs> Um So yeah I've been reading I've been reading the book after Secret Wars, before Secret Wars, uh when they did the five issue mini before Secret Wars, which is dumb. Yeah. And then they relaunched it again after. Um I love that book. Right mm-hmm. now they're doing uh her as Venom and it's great. Gwenum. It's legitimately great. They introduced like Samurai Wolverine and that was awesome. Oh, that sounds pretty dope. It was really good. Okay. Uh Kitty, Kitty Pride was X twenty three. And that was cool, oh, okay. but she still had her mutant powers, but so also she can, had like, claws. go invisible or, or go through stuff with her claws. Yeah, that's cool. It was actually really cool. That's too much power. And uh, they, they've got really great twists on like Peter Parker is the lizard, yeah. Matt Murderdock. Matt Murderdock yeah. is the kingpin of crime. Um, and uh, what was the what was the the one? Um, Isn't it like Lady Octopus or something? Well, I don't know that one, but um, uh, the lizard, Green Goblin, uh, doesn't exist yet. Uh, but um, Harry was Harry the Osborne. lizard also. Ooh, lots of lizards. And that was cool. And I loved what they're doing. Captain America and Falcon is like this little boy. Aw. And that was fun. Uh, not to like gush about Spider-Gwen, but it's a great book. Ghost Spider. Should definitely read it. So now, I'd be down if they renamed her Ghost Spider, but I just want to bring that up. Yeah, it's cool. Um, 
Next trailer, we have another Death no. Stranding. Oh god, we're getting into the big ones. This is a this is a juicy juicy. Guys, juicy, what do you make of Death Stranding? I want you guys to go first. I don't know. I want okay. you to go first. All right, cool. Go first, Brian. All right, okay. So everything that I've come to learn from Hideo Kojima is that he is a dude who likes uh, human dynamics and melodrama, and he's a big fan of nuclear war and the and, and the stopping of nuclear war. He doesn't like nuclear war. Oh, he's, he's no, a, he's a very peaceful man. He's, the really, he's a big fan of nuclear war. I'm no, like, uh, all the Metal Gear, game, Metal Gear games are about like stopping nuclear devastation, and like he does like a bunch of mech games that deal with that kind of stuff, too. Um, from what I think this game is about is that uh, humanity doomed itself and we had a global uh, nuclear apocalypse that opened up a rift into another dimension, much like The Mist, Stephen King's The Mist. If Ben were here, he would know about this. Um, and basically, he's... he's <laughs> thank you for that. Uh, I think uh, it feels Good. like a lot of like The Mist and Children of Men where those babies are like... Those, uh, those babies can see these creatures somehow... All three trailers have been vastly different, but they all—they're all the same. Where they all have someone like waking up from something. So I think there's a lot of, of like, in this third trailer, um, there's like a big white explosion, and Norman Reedus wakes up in the middle of the ocean, like he's transferred to another dimension or another plane or something. But we see like, but his friend like knows about these creatures that are and he, invisible, and he kills himself before he can get taken. So these yeah. creatures take these people alive. And you see like his other friend who's like is like disintegrate, like getting he, older as he. Uh, the beginning of the trailer has flowers growing and dying and growing and dying. So yeah. this planet that they're on, like it, maybe the, Earth, the stages of life. Who knows. That's the thing. Like, there's still who who knows what this game's not coming out for like three now, what, years. What was the thing you posted on on Twitter? Oh, jeez, really it's loved? like so. It's like it's like so you so I I can't I don't remember. It's Can like the it? the guy the guy's so, like so so they're underwater and then we see inside Norman Reedus's mouth and the baby gives a thumbs up from inside his stomach. Yeah. Okay, and that happens when they're flying. No, when they're underwater. Aren't you paying attention? Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's, it's like a, a fake conversation of. Of what Kojima is talking to the animators about, so, man. I, he says this is a third-person action game, so it's probably going to be like a lot like, uh, uh, and it's using the Horizon Zero Dawn engine, and that's a that's an awesome game. So it's going to look good and play good, or play well or whatever. But um, the character that you see float down and give like a thumb, like a hand signal, that's Mads Mikkelsen because in the second trailer he does the exact same thing. Oh, I didn't see yes. that. Yes, I've watched all three of these trailers back to back. I still am not sure what's going on. Uh, I just want to see some gameplay because just like the Metal Gear games and the Zone of the Enders games, the story doesn't make a lot of sense. It's kind of more about the big picture and the characters. So uh, I just hope Norman Reedus is a good character because that's what you go to Metal Gear for. So Norman Reedus is the main character. Mads Mikkelsen is the villain. We don't we know. Don't know. We don't know. Uh, we thought he was a villain from the second trailer, but in this trailer, he's hanging out with them. Yeah. And the whole thing about it is is that they're re- repurposing dead bodies because uh, in the second one, he uses these crazy technical things to reanimate bodies. Yeah. So who knows what the hell this thing's about? We'll find out in 2027. Either way, I'm stoked. Uh, this is super expensive. Yeah, that game looks great. So, um, Ryan, what's up? Correct me if I'm wrong. What Did up? we know that Alita Battle Angel was happening? Um, no, because James Cameron has been wanting to direct us for like 10 years. Yeah. We, we heard about a year and a half ago that Robert Rodriguez was probably going to take over uh, because James Cameron was too busy with Avatar. Yeah. And then that that was so, but it was so like under the radar of news. It was like barely even important because it's like this movie's been delayed 10 years. It sounds like Robert Rodriguez might take over, might take over. Mm -hmm. And then nothing. Silence. And then this trailer. And then this trailer. Actually, then the Twitter image. 
yeah. the night before. Oh, yeah, because I sent you guys. like, what? <laughs> yeah. like, you said that to me, and I'm like, wait, I was vaguely aware of this movie. How did I miss this? Yeah. I mean, that's we're why I, stealth That's release. why I look back at it, and I'm like, there's... There was no news about it. Yeah. We're all that. we are all pretty in tune to this. We we yeah. keep our ear to the ground, and for a movie to I mean, it's like uh, it's it's, it's like a Del Toro, yeah. <laughs> a Del Toro film. Yeah, totally, you don't know what's happening. Yeah, uh, he cast it without us knowing. He cast Christoph Waltz without us knowing. Mm-hmm. This is nuts. That's cool. So, what are we thinking about this trailer? I've got opinions, but what yes. do you think so, as the person who probably only knows the property? Uh, I haven't. I only know like. Whoa! Whoa! Yeah. All right, I'm whoa. sorry. I'm not like sorry, super Sparks. familiar. Like I know like the, the anime a little bit, but uh, getting over how weird the CGI is, this looks like it's going to be super interesting and super cool, and it's the type of anime action that we don't get enough of in big. Sc- it's what I want. Ghost in the Shell. It's what I wanted that to be. That I, but it. Also, this is just a trailer, but this is a cooler trailer than that Ghost in the Shell trailer, I think. What do you think, Sparks? I pretty much agree with Ryan, although I've got to say, like, the CGI is hard for me to get past. It's and bad. It's, not, it's, it's because I, I, I just have a hard time believing she's with the other characters, and if that continues, it'll be tough on me. Yeah. So I had a really weird problem watching this trailer, uh, and it's bouncing off the CGI, I think. I don't know the property that well, so I really can't judge what it looks like. I think it looks pretty cool, but, like, it looks a little. I I said to you, it looked like Beowulf. Yeah. Because I couldn't understand. I couldn't quite figure out who was or wasn't CGI. Because she looks so different that it kind of skewed my perception of all of reality. That I couldn't yeah. quite wrap around. Like, is this a is this a, a Beowulf situation or yeah. Polar Express or Christmas Carol kind of no, thing? It's just her and some other guys. And it's just so it's just her and everyone else's live action. Well, there's another big cyborg guy. It's just his face as a is just his face as a yeah. human face, and he's all cyborg. Is she Asian? Is this an Asian girl? No, I don't think she is, and that's the problem because they didn't cast just like a like a they didn't cast like an Asian actress, which is but they just made her eyes. The CGI yeah, of her I mean, eyes. But I mean, is she character... real? Is she real? No, she's yes, she's an actress. Yes, but she's like, an actress. Is she actually on screen? <laughs> I think so. I think they're just like mocapping her face. Okay, just not well. <laughs> I can't. I can't. It even... looks yes. It is very jarring. It does not look good. This movie still has a while to come out, so I think they can fix it. Um, I don't know why they went this route. Like, I mean, she does look like her comic character, but like almost more exaggerated than that comic character. Yeah. So it's or the manga, whatever. Uh, Real so, people's eyes aren't that big. Well, I mean, to be well, fair, she's not. She's not a human. She's yeah. It's important to know that in the source material, the character looks the same as other people. Her eyes big. are not. They their are, eyes they, are big, but they're not like they're not ex- exceptionally bigger than the other characters. Yeah, they made them like super big in this movie. <clears> it seems like. right. Yeah. And this is the first trailer. They could change a lot. Do you remember in the fir- in Star Trek 09, there's an alien uh, at the beginning. She has some big eyes. Yes. I, that looks a, That's what looked a lot better than this does. And that movie came out like eight yes. years ago. Well, that was also practical. And that looked... That's my point exactly. Yeah. That was a character with big eyes. That they were a little bit bigger than normal. You're like, oh, that looks interesting and weird. They but she's of, also an alien, so you kind of like forgive but that. But she's a battle person. angel. She's a cyborg. She's not supposed to look real. Can someone explain to me what this property is? Because I got nothing. I'm not sure. I don't remember very much. Is this a manga uh, or an anime? It's a manga it's, and an it's anime. A, it's okay. a manga and an yeah. anime. And it's, Should have um, figured. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. It, the, the answer is too complicated for me to get into. Yeah. All right. Well, then let's move on. I think it just looked like the action is what I was looking for in this trailer, like, and it looks good. Like, I could answer your question to explain her, and then you would have more questions. Yeah, and that's I, fair. It, 
My thing about Robert Rodriguez is I really respect him as a filmmaker. I don't always like his movies, but he is a constant professional. He gets his movies done under script and on time, or under budget and under on time. Script. Under script? Yeah, he deletes words. Uh, <laughs> uh, under budget and on time. And like he get, that's why he always gets work because like he knows how to make movies. Yeah. And like I, he knows how to budget really well. So like sometimes the CGI isn't going to look the best, but like a lot of his movies, his, the CGI doesn't look that good. Like all of his movies, maybe except Sin City. So Sin like, City looks pretty good. It does look pretty it good. It still holds up. And it's but that's hey. a very cheap movie. Hey, hey. The CGI in Spy Kids is phenomenal. <laughs> My <laughs> point exactly. <laughs> uh, Spy Kids is an excellent yeah. film. Shark Boy and Lava Girl too. Oh no. Nope. Made that up. Nope. Did he did he do that? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Buddy. Yeah. Ripping yourself off. He he that's why I like him, dude. He can he's like George Miller, not as good, but like he can do kids' movies and then rated our movies like right. like but the exact opposites. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. I love like crazy uh, uh, filmographies like that. Yeah. So, Ready Player One also dropped the trailer. Actually, today mm-hmm. uh, we saw a poster about it yesterday with the guy the with worst the worst trailer, the worst poster. <laughs> My God, that leg goes on forever. It's ben awful. was looking at it. He's just like it, like it, it's still growing. <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was nuts. Um, so, Ready Player One released a trailer and a new synopsis. I'll mm-hmm. read the synopsis mm-hmm. here. The film is set in two th- is to <clears throat> one more time. Uh, the film is set in 2045 with the world on the brink of chaos and collapse. But the people have found salvation in the Oasis, an expansive virtual reality universe created by the brilliant and eccentric James Halliday, Mark Rylance. When Halliday dies, he leaves the, his immense fortune to the first person to find a, a digital Easter egg he has hidden somewhere in the Oasis, sparking a contest that grips the entire world. When an unlikely young hero named Wade Watts, Ty, uh, Ty Sheridan, decides to join the contest, he is hurled into a breakneck reality-bending treasure hunt through a fantastical universe of mystery, discovery, and danger. What do we think about this one? I liked this trailer way more than I thought I was going to. Yeah, I really did. I think it just looks like a just like just so much fun, and like Steven Spielberg looks like he's just having like the time of his life. Like, yo, man, just give me all the money, and it's like, trust me, I'll I'll make good use of there's it. There's a couple of characters who are on loan from Warner Brothers. There's there's every character from everything. There's like Tracer from Overwatch and the Battletoads, mm-hmm. and like Freddy Cougar, and like what the hell's going on in this movie? Iron Giant. Iron Giant. It is uh, Ultron's in this movie. Gundams. Gundams. It's everything. It's really crazy, and it's really expensive. Uh, Sparks, what do you what, what do you think about this? I thought this was a much better trailer for the film than the first one. Um, I, I still just kind of, uh, for the film, I, I worry about it getting a little too fan service laden. Mm -hmm. Um, it it was better. I, I'm, I'm kind of like, mm, I'm still not sold, I guess. I don't know why. No, I, I'm with you. I can't, I can't, I can't pinpoint why, but I'm, I don't. I'm not. I, I'm with you. I'm still not sold. I do think this is a better trailer. But my problem with this is, and kind of doing some research on the book, and to be fair, I don't actually think the book is for me. Um, I, I, I'm it's not, all nostalgia. It's all nostalgia. Yeah. And it's a nostalgia that I don't necessarily have. Um, I have it, I have it for some things, but not for others. Like, I get why Ben loves it. Ben is like all about that 80s, 80s nostalgia thing. Um, but I, if it was a book about the 90s, I'd feel a little bit differently. Yeah. But it's like everything I hated. It looks like everything I hated about young adult novels, where it was just like the special snowflake is the best at everything, and oh, yeah. nobody knows who they are. And well, then I mean, he it does is a young adult novel in the end, still. It is, and I'm kind and, of and tired it's an of it. Older novel, so. Ready Player One is a fairly new novel, isn't it? 
the last like I don't think it's that old. No, it's it's it's. Hold on. It's it's, it's at least talking. 2000 and up for sure, but he can Yeah, keep, keep talking. Cuz they they put it in loot crates yeah. when it first came, when it first dropped, I think. Yeah. Um yeah, it, it's just it just feels and uh, my biggest fear is that it it won't walk the line of pandering. Mm-hmm. And if you're just throwing all these things in just to throw all these things in, I don't want to see it. It's got to be a reason why it's there. Oh yeah. Um, 2011. 2011. So, so it's, it's new. It's so after all the young adult craze. At the end of the day, I agree with everything you guys are saying, but the reason, the thing that separates this from like, if it wasn't directed by Spielberg, if this was, if this was some other director, it, even a big director, I would, with the things that are in this, I would feel a little more hesitant. That is my other problem though, is, is Spielberg. But I think, I think the script, and I think they were able to get out all the shit that people don't like about that book, because I don't think Spielberg, Spielberg would take this on if he, if he thought it was gross, you know what right. I mean? And like, we have both heard like there's gross things in that book. I think Spielberg honed this in, whatever, whoever wrote that script, honed it in to what the story is, and just threw in all the fun stuff, and left out that I hope stuff. so, because yeah. I've, I've said this before, Spielberg's best movies are behind him. Yeah, but apparently the post is like fantastic. I heard that. I don't really so want to see like, the post. I'm, so maybe he's entering a, a renaissance era. Exactly. And maybe this is part of it. So yeah. I'm I'm curious. I'm I'm cautiously curious about this film. I will obviously go it's see it. It's also just super weird because, like I said, like Battletoads and like Tracer and like things that weren't in. They're adding things to to right because uh, Overwatch wouldn't have been in. It came that. out last year. Yeah, it wouldn't have been in the book. Yeah, so they're they're adding things to to cater to even younger people to newer audiences, and it's like. It's 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 really interesting. Yeah, I mean, you were saying that that when I said I didn't have nostalgia for this for this era that it's emulating, and you mentioned like Iron Giant, that's not in the book, but I do we, have a nostalgia for Iron Giant. So I still don't know because Ben said he he's mentioned in the book. Mm-hmm. If the words Iron Giant are printed in that book, he can be in that movie. That's how it I works. mean. But that's that, but you're putting you're add, but that's just my thing is they're adding more things to get like the '90s nostalgia. Oh, sure. 2000s nostalgia. If he's not there for a reason, I understand. Right. But it's cool seeing him in a trailer. It is kind of cool. <laughs> I uh, I think that this will do well because it's got that general audience appeal that I think. It actually is going to be the movie that a lot of people wanted Blade Runner twenty four. Not us, but a the casual audience audiences. wanted yeah. wanted Blade Runner twenty forty nine to be. Yeah. yeah. Um, this this was in the young adult book craze, not after it, Brandon. Oh, this it was, wasn't. This is when those yeah two thousand eleven. Think back, bud. That's when that's when these books were were just starting to make it to the film screens. Like Hunger Games hadn't hit yet. Not and yet. All that. Really, Hunger Games was after two thousand eleven, or eight, yeah. or if not even the first one then. Oh, I didn't know that. It's all it's all around like or the 2010s. I mean, is like my, like, my point my point being like the book came before that craze happened. The craze of bringing the films in, oh, okay. in from those books because yeah. uh, Hunger Games, like the second Hunger Games film, came out in 2012. So oh, then yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's like started the second wave of the craze after Twilight. Um, and got, like, a lot of things. And all those a lot of the, I mean, a lot of my apprehension does come from just I'm tired of the young adult novels. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was when I've, I wa- I wa- walked out of that first Maze Runner and I turned to my friends and I said I am not seeing another one of these films. I didn't. I didn't. I skipped that franchise. That was that was a really bad adaptation of that book. So. They, I just there's like they just released a trailer book, for the new that one. That book wasn't that good good to begin with. So. Yeah. All right. Well, let's end this news wrap up, which has been very long. Yeah. With Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom, or as I like to call it, the Fallen Kingdom: Jurassic World. It's actually Lost World: Jurassic Park Part Two. Well, because. No, I, I'm just making that up because I want to say Lost World. <laughs> well, I mean, but yeah, that's why I, that's why I switched them because because Jurassic Park is the subtitle of the Lost World. It's my own thing. Jurassic Shut up. World Park Kingdom. Uh, the, this one also releases synopsis. I'll get through the synopsis and then we'll discuss the trailer. Uh, it's been four years since 
theme park and luxury resort Jurassic World was destroyed by dinosaurs out of containment. Isla Nublar, uh, Isla Nublar, now sits abandoned by humans while the surviving dinosaurs fend for themselves in the jungles. When the island's dormant volcano begins roaring to life, <laughs> Owen and Claire mount a campaign to rescue the remaining dinosaurs from this extinction-level event. Owen is driven to find Blue, his lead raptor, who's still missing in the wild. And Claire has grown a respect for these creatures and now makes her mission. And that, you guys should learn how to proofread. Yeah. For these creatures, she now makes her mission. Whatever. Arriving on... I'm Ron Burgundy? <laughs> Arriving on the unstable island as lava begins draining down, their expedition uncovers a conspiracy that could return our entire planet to a perilous order not seen since prehistoric times. With all of the wonder, adventure, and thrills synonymous with one of the most popular and successful series in cinema history, this all-new motion picture event sees the return of favorite characters and dinosaurs along with new breeds, more awe-inspiring and terrifying than ever before. Welcome to Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. Mm-hmm. I have a theory that they're rec- going to try and relocate, to them, relocate them to Site B. I just want to point that out there. Mm. Mm. So what do we think about this trailer? Why would Hammond build a park <sighs> on a volcano? Hammond's smarter than that. This is dumb. Well, isn't... Oh, mm. no, yeah, Crichton never... never Because Crichton... At the end of Jurassic Park, Crichton firebombs Jurassic Park. <laughs> Hammond's hey, too smart yeah. for that. Uh, so there's no way they would have firebombed na- a dormant volcano. Hammond wouldn't build a place that would explode 20 years later. Come on, man. I mean, there's a, it's likely we would never have known it was a dormant volcano. He ha- spent billions of dollars recreating dinosaurs. He doesn't know a volcano he can erupt no in 20 expense. years. He spared no expense. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good point. Um, actually, so my whole thing, I think this is a good direction to go for the fr- for this for this movie. I don't but i want to hear why you think so well because a lot of it is i don't okay a lot of it is i really hated the direction they were initially going to go with jurassic park 4 before Crichton died mm-hmm. and it was well, i agree i agree with that laser was, raptors and stuff right laser i agree i don't that stuff's like that's a like comic book yeah it was essentially Turok. Make a Turok movie then, yeah. um and when they renounced jurassic world i was like where can they go? What can they? What can they honestly do with Jurassic Park? That how do you get the people on the island? And then they announced the island. The park was open. They had opened the park. I love the premise for that movie. I don't like the execution of that movie. I liked it a lot the first time I saw it. But yes, I, I have had diminishing returns and enjoyment seeing it later. Um, and I do think there's a lot in Jurassic World. Here's the thing: there's a lot in Jurassic World that's still I can see the thematic through lines from Jurassic Park and especially the book. I see where they were going with it, but it's it's too much of a blockbuster, too much of a popcorn popcorn blockbuster. It doesn't have a lot of the the, the intellect, intellectual intellectual in, sure yeah. um, smart stuff. It, it, smart it stuff. Feeds, it feeds off your nostalgia. Yeah, it feeds too much off the nostalgia uh, and not too much on the on the themes of the books. But I still see them more so than Force Awakens. I would argue. You know what? I would argue the same. Uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, when they were going, like, where do you go? What do you do? And this idea of, like, we have a responsibility to these creatures because we made them. We need to help them. We need to get them off this island because they will die again. And it will be our fault because we, we they never asked to be made. I'm into and that. So I kind of like that thematic through line. I don't know how well this is going to be done, but I like the director. Yeah, but as as my my good friend Sparks pointed out, that doesn't always make it. You know, right, right, their previous work. I didn't realize until this trailer came out that 
I don't think I'm super down for a Jurassic Park film that's like actually built as a trilogy. Yeah. Like each Jurassic Park film has, even if it's a sequel of events, has been more or less its own thing. Mm -hmm. And this one is very much a continuation from the last one, especially with the main characters carrying over. And I don't love that. Well, because Crichton never intended the Lost World to exist. No, I know. I know. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Um, the the first three Jurassic Park films were, and that's kind of the, the, the difference between then and now as far as franchise go, is that now we go into movies expecting to make a franchise out of it. Whereas back then we just made a movie. It was like a James Bond approach almost. It was a James just Bond like, approach. like, we'll just make a movie, they might stand alone. And if know. they don't, if yeah. it does well, we'll make another one. Yeah. Um, and The Lost World is never supposed to exist. And in fact, it, does ex- it only exists. The reason why the site B exists is because that first park, that first island in that at the end of that book is gone. The dinosaurs die at the end boom, of that, boom, boom. that first movie. Yep. Uh, at, the, at the end of the first book. So they had to create Site B. So that's why that exists in the book. But yeah, it's it's just... I'm with, I'm with, I'm with you, Sparks. I don't like... Because I don't think Jurassic Park is an action franchise. It's an adventure film. And that's my big problem with this trailer. This trailer was a huge, explosive trailer. And that's not what literally. I... Literally. Literally. And that's not at all what I go to this franchise for. Right. I go for like uh, yeah, awesome I, talks between people talking about like exactly like what it means. These, are these actual creatures and like do we play God? We have I a responsibility to I don't want to see giant magma balls fall from the sky. Yeah. You know what it is? I know what it is. What? Every other first Jurassic Park film trailer, there was tension and suspense because on some level it was still like kind of kind of on the level of a monster horror movie of the dinosaurs being a threat that was completely absent from this trailer yes there is no suspense about being around the dinosaurs at all i really hate that the t-rex shows up at the end of this trailer he's like a hero he's a hero it's a hero shot exactly she is a hero in the film she is the hero of the franchise like let's be honest she saves she saves yeah but she's not ace the bat hound she's a dinosaur that kills people right no (laughs) you don't glorify it like that i don't like that that shot exists but i do respect that she is the hero of the franchise essentially i mean they just keep bringing the same one back and like that's i mean that feels like a like a that feels like a comic book thing that's not a jurassic park thing and i liked it in jurassic world because she was alive the whole yeah. time she, and she's the only dinosaur that had lived from the first but also jurassic the park. end of jurassic world is just like a big oh everyone's fighting the, the, the one dinosaur they all team up in the dinosaur fights okay but yeah the the, the, cool. the titanic theme at the end of that but that the titanic theme yeah, at the end of that is pretty cool I'll, okay that's pretty fun uh that's the best one they ever did i don't know man it's just like i don't like I don't care about Bryce Dallas Howard and and Chris Pratt's relationship. No, I never cared about that. Like, well, they don't have a relationship at the at the beginning of this film. That's what I mean. Didn't they? Weren't they together at the end of that? Yeah, first but now they're not. That's what I mean. It's like, will they? Won't they? I'm like, Jesus! I just saw him do that with Gamora in the, earlier this year. And how I do don't they get, need this again. And how do they get kids on that island? Again? I don't know, dude. I just. I, like you said, like I, I want to believe in this director, but like just th- this because trailer alone, I like did the director. Not do it for me, right? I like the director, and I like the themes that that they are talking about going forward yeah. with this. Saving the dinosaurs is a noble idea. That, I like that, but like every this like also, how do you do it? They're huge. Yeah, I don't know. Just like the volcano exploding, and like I like how people did. A lot of people didn't like this trailer, and then Colin Trevorrow put like, oh, this is only the first fifty-seven minutes. Jay Boyano said it. Bayona. Well, he then he retweeted it or something, whatever. But like, he's like, "This is only the first hour of the movie." And I'm like, "Well, if all of this happens in one hour, what the hell do you do in the next hour?" Bring like, him to you. Bring him to San Diego, Jesus. and they run around the, <laughs> this little lost world again. Yeah, it just this trailer just really I, didn't do it for me, to be honest. And there's a yeah, new like, there's a new hybrid also. Yeah, whatever. 
Yeah, like I'll go see it for sure, obviously. And I love the Jurassic Park films and I love dinosaur movies in mm-hmm. general. But but something about this, like this felt this felt far away from the feel I go to the I go to the Jurassic Park movies for. Farther away than Jurassic Park three, and that's saying something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I like the spinosaurus. I, I think I think I I think I did figure it out. I didn't know it before we started this podcast, but having talked about it, I think it is that suspense thing. I'm thinking of every other Jurassic Park trailer, and there's this like there's this epic suspense to the dinosaurs, like they're being hunted. Yeah, yeah. Or I mean, like think think back to like when Lost World first came out, and like you never actually saw any of the dinosaurs in the first Lost World trailer. You just heard the thromping footsteps of the T-Rex and saw like shots of people reacting, but you never quite saw the full dinosaurs in the first trailer. Even though you'd already seen Jurassic Park, they were keeping that that tension of like these creatures are are beyond, you know? And that's, there's no reverence to them. There's you know no what? reverence to the dinosaurs. It's really funny because this reminds me of the, the first movie because they're like, we have dinosaurs, but people are used to dinosaurs. So how do we, how do we build on that? How do we make it bigger? And it's like they put themselves in a corner with that quote. Because what do they do now for a sequel? They have I to actually make it really. Yeah, it, I really like that that, yeah. that quote because it does feel very meta. But Sparks is also right, and there's no reference reference to these to these animals because now you have two characters who are going to save them, and then you see you have them just like fall into like the ocean and die. Right, and, like, and so these are just now being presented to us as animals, where it's kind of like if Godzilla was presented to us as just another species who lived on the planet. We got to give them a, ch- a chance. Yeah, and and I feel like that these animals should have the reverence that they have because we essentially created gods. Yeah. We ourselves played God by creating God. And that is the whole franchise. I mean, it's not supposed to be a franchise, but the whole franchise is about how that was a bad idea. Yeah. And uh, just to close it out. It's always about these the character, the human characters. Right. Like It's not just like zombie movies aren't about the zombies. Like Jurassic Park, it's really about the characters, not right. really about the dinosaurs. I no, I just I just, just to round this out. It was pretty great to see Ian Malcolm back. Yeah, but I got a feeling he's just going to be shoehorned in a bad cameo. And like, that's most of it. I hope not. I hope not too. But like, just like he, the way they're they're building up him in the trailer. So the final line is "Life has a way." I'm like, oh, oh okay. Yeah. Like, I just I, it is his line. I know it's his line. It's just like uh, maybe it's the tagline of his book. Yeah, maybe. I just hope this. I just hope the second trailer maybe like tones it down. Even though, yeah, I don't no, know. I agree. We'll see. All yeah, right. this was just this was just a little overly bombastic. Yes. Yeah, I'll agree with yeah. that. All right, let's get into our topic. This is a spicy one. This is a spicy one. Uh, Sparks, this is your idea. Would you like to introduce it? Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, obviously, there's been a whole lot of uh, sexual harassment stuff going on in the pop culture world. Um, all over the place. In, in Across multiple mediums and all across the industry, a lot of things are coming out and getting said and changes are happening and and it's good that people feel like they can talk about these things that's awesome um i don't want us to delve into the politics of of like specific cases or anything like that but um the whole thing has sparked an interesting debate between myself and a couple of other people um especially with more i'm sure to still come out going forward and what's already come out um about where you separate art from artist and we've dealt with this before, not like on the podcast, but like we've dealt well, we with kind this of, kind of situation. We have, we have a little we, bit with like Johnny Depp stuff. Mel Gibson, Mel Gibson. Yeah, yeah. We've we vaguely brushed around it, but I mean, like uh, uh, a while back, a great example is a while back when uh, uh, Ender's Game was coming out as a film, and people were wanting to boycott it because Orson Scott Card is very anti-homosexual. Yes, 
And uh, I was very, I was very not against that idea of boycotting the movie for that because you're hurting a whole bunch of people who put a lot of work into a film rather than hurting Orson Scott Card. He was not even involved with it besides like, obviously right. it's his yeah, idea. He's an executive producer. But like, other than, other yeah. than his rights payments. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, you're not hurting him. You're, you're just hurting people who have contributed to an art. Um, so I wanted us to talk about how we feel about whether or not where that, that kind of vague line has to be drawn of when you separate art from artists. Well, I got, I got two points that I want to, that I want to start with. Um, my coworker at my at my current job, whenever these things happen, whenever a new person is, comes out, this he says, "Well, I'm never seeing another Kevin Spacey movie. I'm never seeing another Louis C.K. thing. I'm never seeing this. Uh, he, he'll never see a Tom Cruise or for whatever reason." Um, this is the guy who thinks that La La Land stole his movie. Also, mm-hmm. uh, that's another story. Mm-hmm. But he is so adamant about this, and I, and I just gotta say, and this came out with Brian Singer, and this is my second point. So when Brian Singer um was accused of um uh, was accused of uh sexual wrongdoings let's say uh i want to i want to dance around some of the actual politics of it for fear of offending but it's um during days of future past he was rightfully taken off the press tour for days of future past uh, rightfully so um while the allegations were kind of were kind of going i don't i know i didn't really follow it too much um and yes brian singer is not a good guy <laughs> He was recently taken off of uh, of the Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody, the Queen biopic, um, and we've talked about it before. Jennifer Lawrence clearly did not enjoy working with her. Um, even hey. even Rebecca Romijn, um has said that who is that her name? Rebecca Romaine. Romaine. You've never heard her name before? No, I've never, never heard. I've never heard her name spoken. It's out Rebecca Romaine. Yeah. Romaine. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like a lettuce. She's currently on librarians. I like her a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, she even said that that he would just kind of like walk into her trailer when she was naked. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, and so I had a friend, uh, your, our our friend uh, Andrew mm-hmm. from who worked at the store. Yeah, okay. When we, when we first when I used to work at the store, uh, he said, uh, I, "I'm not going to see Days of Future Past." This is when Days of Future Past was coming out, and I said, "I mean, I see why. I get it. Like if, if you really feel that strongly, but you're not hurting him." He's gotten paid. He's gotten his money. Mm. You're hurting everyone else who worked on the on the movie. You're working. You're, you're even. You're not even hurting like Patrick Stewart or Hugh Jackman. But you're hurting the caterers. You're hurting the boom guys. You're getting. You're hurting the people that actually get the money from this film being in theaters. Mm-hmm. And on some level, I do think that's wrong. It's it's a. It's a very slippery slope, and it's it's a very controversial one. Yeah. But I'm glad we are talking about it because that's the whole point of of like this like not it's not a movement, but like this new like uprising of people talking because everyone's always been silent, mm-hmm. and you know who's been most silent are people who are like uh, white males. Yes, <laughs> we are mostly the, the people in charge who who are doing the wrongdoing, and it's clear that. Not everyone's a bad guy, but the people in charge need to be held accountable. And it's this is the time for it to happen, and it feels really good. And it's it's really hard with people that we really respect and really admire, people like a Kevin Spacey or a Louis C.K. We even, and stuff we like even that. Uh, our community, the internet community that we're kind of ancillarily a part of, yeah. Um, Andy Signore, yeah, Screen Junkies, yeah, like Screen it's junkies. one of the, like the YouTube's like biggest channels, and like he was like the guy behind it. And yeah, he's he's not a great guy, and he's gone now, and he's gone now, but like. And everyone stood up against him, and they and they and they uh, they they cheered on the women, and they said like this is not right, and we're gonna we do not allow this. We're not this is not cool. You, and they did the right thing, and everyone. I feel like this is a really positive thing that's happening. It is, but it's, do you stop is. watching 
Do you stop watching Honest Trailers? And that's the thing is, well, well, now that he's gone. I mean, well, I like, but did you? I did. I did. Yeah, I did. I did for a little bit. Yeah. Because uh, I know he was directly involved in that stuff. Sure. Um, it's it's really hard, man, because like, it's like how severe are, are, are people's things that they do, and like, what what do you view your 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 more more morality? Is the art that they're a part of? The, I think the the question that I always come to is: Is the art representative of of their ethics, yes. what they feel? And if it's not, then maybe it's fine. Like I always bring up Mel Gibson. Yeah, I have a hard time seeing Mel Gibson directed films yes. because he's an he's severely anti-Semitic. Yes, and but when he's acting in a film, I don't have a problem with it because it's generally just him. Like he's the bad guy in Expendables three. I think he's delightful in that yeah. film. Yeah. I love. I, I really love What Women Want. Yeah, I'll that's, be a, honest. that's an awesome movie. It's yeah. a fun movie. Um, but I I can't watch like Apocalypto yeah. or his latest film about Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah, because I know that a lot of what he feels will make it into those films. And it's really funny because, especially with Hacksaw Ridge, because he's also he might be super anti-Semitic. He's also super religious, mm-hmm. and a lot of religion goes into all of his movies. And he's actually a very positive filmmaker, which is really crazy for the type of person he is outside of out of work. Yeah, but like all of his movies are like even like Passion of the Christ. It's like that's a that's a really harsh harsh movie to watch but like he he's really going there with his religion and how much he loves it and like are you okay buddy <laughs> are you are you farting no that's my chair oh, okay. okay it's a nice chair um, i was like the bench the bench yeah but did hacksaw ridge is about like it's about like a, a religious guy who doesn't want to kill people yeah like i mean like that movie's incredible and like it's it's like with Mil- it's it's with each it's really a case by case basis with the actor and the person who, who who's feeling these feelings uh another example that i that i come back to martin freeman He's a he's an asshole. Is he really? He is racist. Really? He's homophobic. He is, Martin Freeman. He's a major Bilbo? asshole. Well, you know what? Uh, he's he's fun in those Hobbit movies. But Bil- I don't care about him as a person. Then Bilbo's not. Yeah. And neither is Everett Ross. Yeah. In Civil War, like, and, would I? I mean, but would I not go see Civil War because Martin Freeman's in it? And that's up to you, honestly. And like, yeah. and, there's right. a, and the thing we need to get across is there's no, absolutely nothing wrong with not supporting someone. If you don't want to go see a a movie because someone has a small run, it that's completely fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just it's it's really up to the person. And like, and it's a it, like you said, it's a case it's by a case sticky basis. situation. It really yeah. is. Like, yeah. And and I think there's a big difference for people, uh, not necessarily myself, but for people, there's a big difference when you're talking about somebody who's just like they they express opinions you don't agree with, mm-hmm. and people who like actually have physically done things that damage other people. Yes, Sean Connery beats women. Yeah, well, yeah, he's retired, so I'm not watching his movies anyway. Well, I mean, but like, no, I'm kidding. I know. I mean, I watch League of Extraordinary Gentlemen every year for whatever reason. Yeah. I don't know why. I'm sorry. Uh, I am responsible for that movie doing well. Yeah, it's um, your fault. It's my fault. Um, but like the James Bond films, I love his James Bond. Yeah, uh, he did. Uh, w- just before he retired, he did uh, from Russia with Love, the gay video game, the video game, which yeah. is excellent. But he's a bad person. So uh, I uh, I love a band called Queens of the Stone Age, and they just released a record this year, and it's it's an amazing record, the first one in like eight years, right? And it's it's a beautiful one of my favorite records of the year. And then it just came out that like he just like kicked a girl like in the face at one of his concerts. Oh no! And I'm like, well, sh- that's. You're awful. I really like your music. You're a terrible person. Where do I draw the line? It, it's, it's hard. It's it, really hard. It really is. You know, who are you comfortable supporting? Exactly, yeah. And, I mean, you can talk about and, the politics of it all. Sorry, Sparks, go ahead. There's a really big distinction, I think, when you're talking about are you supporting the artist or are you supporting the art? Yes. And that's and, and so, like, my, my, my strong example is that if, if it's a painter – you know, if we're talking about a painter and you find out that they have 
sexually assaulted women in, in such an egregious manner. Uh, like, you know, that let's say just creating a scenario, let's say like you find out there are six women who, who really can tell you a story or two about how awful this person has been and you no longer want to buy that person's art. Totally, totally, totally makes sense to me because really you're only supporting that painter. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to collaborative art, when it comes beyond a painting or a book and you get to like movies, television stage shows um another example that works well for this is like louis ck the louis ck stuff right now whatever your opinion on that is if you're not crazy about him and, and you're like i i my feeling is if you don't want to support him don't buy his personal stand-ups don't don't do all that but like don't stop watching television shows he executive produces because sure, yeah. you're you're punishing people who didn't do anything. You know, it was um, kind of it was. Sorry, Sparks, I don't mean to interrupt, but Rat Pack. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. Wonder Woman, Brett Ratner. Brett Ratner yeah. wasn't directly involved with Wonder Woman. No, his, his, too far as we know. His, the company that he created, like he didn't, he wasn't involved, but it's his company, right? And like, I wouldn't, I would, even if Wonder Woman two had Rat Pack attached to it, I'd still go see Wonder Woman two. Yeah. Even though Brett Ratner is a horrible human being, and it's cool because the like uh, Gal Gadot and like like the other people surrounding her were like, "Hey, we don't want to make this movie if he, they're involved." So yeah. I think that's cool that like we're taking a yeah. stand against this, even even way up way upstairs in the big leagues. Yeah, but Sparks is right. Like I've always I've always felt like a collaborative effort. You know, I just gotta gotta. I always go back to I'm really not hurting the person that's in the spotlight being horrible. Like I, I kind of, I still wanted to see I love you daddy after the whole Louis CK stuff came out. And yeah. even though that film's not coming out now, I mean, yet we don't know what's happening yeah. with it. Um, but I wanted to see it for Chloe Morris. I love her. I think she's great. Yeah. Um, I think John Malkovich was also in that one. I love him. But then Louis, then this whole thing with Louis and it's yeah. like, I still kind of want to see it for Chloe Morris and John Malkovich. And, and something that, and I'm, this is me not defending Louis CK. But he's one of the only people who've been accused and come out and said, "Yes, you're right. I am a bad person. I was a bad person, and I'm I'm, I'm fixing it. I'm not gonna. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And you know what? That does not excuse the fact that he did it, but the fact that he at least at least he apologized. Whereas other people like Dustin Hoffman straight up just deny it. And I don't know if you saw this this interview that he did with John Oliver, you guys should watch this interview because John Oliver directly no, confronts him it. on I a live it. stage in front of people about his sexual harassment. Oh, I didn't see that. It's, they were they were at a panel. It's amazing, and John Oliver just goes after him, and Dustin Hoffman is so just like he's just like he's just like pushing away from it, and and Oliver's like, Dustin, this is not what you say. You need to accept that this happened, and I think that's. I think there's 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 a lot to be said, especially with these older men. Yeah, um, they're just set in their ways. And they're set in their, it, their, their ways. Like. Sometimes, but they don't even remember it. No, he remember he he. Well, recall, I know, but like <laughs> yeah. And I remember this whole thing about. I just want to say a quick, funny anecdote. I I, I like the whole thing about George H W. Uh, Sexually harassing, sexually assaulting, or harassing a girl. I don't remember which. The president? Uh, yeah, yeah, the president. I didn't hear about this. And he he said something about it. it they someone came out and said, and like recently. And I'm just like, let the man die. Yeah. <laughs> he's he is on like death's 90. door. Yeah. Let him die. Yeah. Let's not let's not do that's this what, to him. That's what makes him kick the bucket. Uh, that's what makes him kick, yeah. the, kick the bucket. But I, you know, it's just so many people are losing their jobs, and I, I think that's great. We're it coming is out with absolutely accountability. But one of the things that I felt was a little ridiculous. Is Kevin Spacey being gone off House of Cards? Great, good idea. Uh, move on with House of Cards, but I don't think that that I think you could still go back and watch House of Cards 
it's still a good show. And as someone who who has watched House Cards up to this year, it is a good show. <laughs> but the whole thing with the movie he's doing with Ridley Scott, yeah, that movie was in the in the back. It's coming out in a month. It was coming out. It's incredible what he, it was incredible what he achieved. By the yeah. way, <laughs> I I still think that they could have released that film and been like, hey, we made this before these came out. And we hope that you accept it. Like, like with Ender's Game, when they when Ender's Game came out with the whole thing with Orson Scott Card, they said, "We this book does not represent his ideals. We mm. did this. Yes, but I want Sparks that, to take this. That doesn't matter because yes. we are at the beginning of the movement. And Ridley Scott not only made that decision because he felt it was morally right, he made that decision because he knew it was the best way to protect the work of everyone else who was involved. He didn't want his movie tainted. From, no, but what I'm, from, what, from I'm being, is, what I'm saying is what I'm saying is I... I mean, I wouldn't have blamed him if they had just put out the movie and said, we're sorry, sure, this is sure. what we got. But I think he, he made the right call because he knew that at the beginning of this stuff with what's going on, this climate, he knew that if the movie came out with Kevin Spacey still in it, it would it would massively suffer. Absolutely, considering this is like his Oscar push movie. And like and the quote, I love this quote. Uh, I don't know if it was with a Hollywood Reporter or, or Variety or everybody, but someone's like, "All right, Ridley, so this movie comes out in like two months, and you're gonna you're gonna film it and edit and everything. Like, like, can you do it?" And he's like, "Yes, I know I can do it because I work like lightning and I'm a genius." <laughs> and he's like, "I know I have the movie storyboarded. I know exactly what I need to do. I just need my actors, and we're in and out. I know I can do this, and I'm, my movie's yeah. gonna be better for it." And all the actors. And all the actors even signed on is like, yes, we want to do this. It's we awesome. will we will come back for reshoots to do and, this. And I said before, like, I just saw a new trailer that uses all the new footage with Christopher Plummer, and it's like it's it's incredible that, that they did this like weeks ago and it looks like a full that movie's ready and done. It's crazy. And I think it's I, I really respect really Scott for doing it, even though I don't like his alien ideas. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't touch on it, but man, is he nuts. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a slippery uh, slope though, it really is. So I, I, I Go ahead. Ryan. I just I want to talk about so the one I have the for me the one I have the most problem with is Woody Allen. I love Woody Allen movies. I really like Midnight in Paris. I I've watched almost every one of his movies. Just the way he he does characters interacting with each other and like his quips. Like he's there's no one else like him. He's a disgusting pervert. And like it's I still see every one of his movies and it's and I almost feel bad. But like I don't know if that makes me a bad person. I said this. Because, I said this once. You know. Go ahead, Sparks. I, I go ahead because I'm about to shift us. No, so I I said this once that it's in this current climate, political, uh, socially. Uh, it's not just this, but other things. It's getting harder and harder to find things to be happy and excited about. Mm-hmm. And I said this to a couple of friends, and it's a lot of it is because you and I are kind of in the same boat. We're very socially conscious, mm-hmm. but not in the sense. But in the sense of these sort of things, whenever something like this, it depresses us because we want things to be better. We want the people to be happy. We, li- we want to live in a Star Trek world where everything is not great. We <laughs> yeah. want people to be happy yeah. is that what it really comes down to. And it's difficult when our icons are monsters. Yeah. And and the more days go on, it seems the more of them are. Yeah. And it's, we got to remember that that our icons are also people and people are bad. Yeah. And it's it's this is the push. And- this is This is the moment. And the thing is, remember that this isn't new. You know, like no. th- th- it's it's massive right now. It's a very big deal, and it's great that it's happening. But but the same thing that you want, try to look at the other end of it. Try to remember that this is getting us to that because Hollywood. It's been known for a long time. Hollywood has been rampant with this kind of issue, just not as blatant and public as it's going right now. Oh yeah, right. But we've known. We've known. Like even just casually, we've known. 
that there there are problems like this. A lot of these accusations. Maybe not, maybe not with the maybe not with the specific people who we're dealing with now, but we've known. Yeah. And like, and now and now this is happening, and this movement is pushing us towards that point where people can be happier because people can talk about what's really going on and people can put what's out there. And yes, it really sucks when people we respect or people we admire are not, are disappointing. That really sucks. But it's important to remember that there are still plenty of people out there who we can still look up to. Like this is not, this is, it's, it's a blow, but it doesn't have to be a catastrophic. Blow. Chris Evans is always going to be Captain America. Chris Evans is always going to be yeah. Captain America. Mark Hamill is always going to be a delightful old yeah. man. Yep. Um, yeah. How, like how far back do we go though? Because there are so many other Hollywood films throughout decades that are like this. Like Dude, how like Harvey Weinstein's like the worst one of them all. And like his, his, his he has touched how many countless Oscar movies. Yeah. Har- like, Harvey, Harvey Weinstein's a great example because that's one of the ones where I got into a massive, uh, debate with someone about because they were like no harvey weinstein films ever again i won't watch any of them and i'm like that's a lot of that's a lot of really great that's a lot of honestly that's a lot of really great art that you're shutting the door on because of this one person honestly he really had nothing to do except just give him money but he has no creative input he's not he's not that kind of guy he's a money right and and that's and that's kind of getting back to the heart of this i i think that the moment that an artist puts something out there the moment it it goes out into the public that art is now owned in a way by everyone who views it. It's like the Star Wars you own, argument. You own your perspective on it. What it makes you feel is what's important to you. Just like you said earlier, Ryan, like if you feel like you can't appreciate the art anymore because of the person behind it, that's totally fine. That's your prerogative. But don't don't demonize others who still have something that they cherish in the art. Not the artist, but the art. Yeah. I, because I was, there's a lot of other work, especially with collaborative pieces. There's so much other work that went into creating it, and there's so much in it that you can get out of it that doesn't have to have anything to do with the artists themselves. These people who are people who have made mistakes, yeah, yeah. or uh, made really, really terrible choices. I was talking to uh, a friend uh, the other day, and she really likes Chris Brown's music. And we were actually had this exact conversation, uh, not as in depth. But um, I was like, well, I don't like his music, so it's easy for me not to like him. And he's like, and she was like, yeah, I know, like he beat the hell out of Rihanna, but like his his music is so good. And I'm like, that's a sad, that's a crazy sentence to say mm-hmm. that like we live in a world where like, yo, this person could beat someone up half to death, and then their music is still number one in the world. How far does it go though? Because uh, so it's, it's per- case by case basis, it right. really is. But I mean, like going back in Hollywood's history, mm-hmm. it's like Casablanca. Let's say it comes out that Humphrey Bogart was like he shot jews it's or up it's up to it's up to you or someone else of like well if he shot people that's a, <laughs> that's a different story i don't know but like i just tried to come up with an extreme yeah. example um but even like tim allen before he did santa Ooh. claus was arrested oh dude marky reason. mark was a criminal uh uh like there's there's a lot of people who've had bad past yeah Absolutely. and so it's like so you go back to like classic hollywood films we still watch those because they have a place in our history they have a place in in our culture and mm-hmm. they have a reason why they exist especially like the the like song of the south like uh Whoopi goldberg has been a has been a strong advocate for getting song of the south out of the disney vault whether or not you agree with her or not she has a good case of that it is our history and if we yeah. forget our history well, we're, we're doomed to repeat it we're doomed to repeat yep. it i i think that what it is is that right now the problem at the heart of this that threatens this whole movement is that social media has become way too much judge, jury, and executioner. Mm-hmm. Um, and these things are immediately passed into a light of, you know, once something is said, 
a lot of people want to take it as a gospel of, okay, that's a bad person. Everything about them is now bad. And it's like, that's not how people work. And that's not how these things work. There are degrees. There is, there is a lot of things that need to be analyzed about it. Like, obviously I think my takeaway, what I would want from, for people to do is I, I think you need to be aware, like be aware, be paying attention, see what's going on, acknowledge it, respect that. Like, you know, anytime I watch a Kevin Spacey movie, anything that he's in now, I, I have to acknowledge that he's done things I don't like. He's still and my second favorite Lex Luthor. That he's not he's not a person <laughs> he's not a person that I can I can admire as a person, but but he has done also a lot of things in art that have meant something to me. Yeah. Stab Superman in and the I, side. And I, mm. and I can't I can't undo those those things. Those things are a part of how I have evolved as an artist myself or how I have evolved as a person. So be aware. Be just as aware as if any person in your own life would have done this. Somebody you care about, somebody you admire, and and you find out that they've made some not so great choices, or that they've they've made mistakes, or they've really hurt in physical or other ways other people. And acknowledge and deal with those feelings. Don't just write it off. Like acknowledge and deal with those feelings if it's something that is important to you. And process it just as you would if you really knew the person and then from there decide what does the art mean to you and if the art means more then embrace what the art means to you and you just be aware just acknowledge yeah. it and and don't you don't have to feel guilty for liking something that somebody who's not a good person was in you don't have to feel guilty about that it is okay to like something for the reasons of why you like that art regardless of who the artist is yeah I don't <laughs> think we, anyone could put it quite as eloquently yeah. as that. And and at you know what, and you're hundred percent right. And at the exact same time, I know a couple of people who would would one million percent disagree with you, and they're also not wrong. It's true, one hundred percent. This not is wrong. this is uh, this is. And I want to be clear, and we're going to use this as our final thoughts. Yeah. Um, this is a this is something that has no right answer. Yeah. We are only discussing it, and uh, and if you don't feel this way, you're right also. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, yeah, we're all I, people. Everyone's everyone has their own feelings, their own thoughts, and like nobody's wrong in this case. No, it's true. Yeah, yeah it's true. It's true. And I, I, <clears throat> I do. I people I love. I we disagree about this topic. But the one thing that I want, the the one thing I would really like to see is for people to stop making other people feel guilty for liking art. That's the one thing that I think we can unanimously agree. Like, you should. The person shouldn't have to feel guilty for liking art. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, that's not yeah. where we should be at. Like if you want to if you want to like talk about what they should feel about the artist, that's a different thing, but like if the art means something to them, the art means something to them. Cuz you're that's right. That's it. The that's art, the end of the discussion. Cuz yeah. you're right. The art should stand should at this point once it's seen by us, it should stand apart. And it's the Star Wars argument. Like who does Star Wars belong to? Does it belong to George Lucas or does it belong to us? Belongs to Disney TM. I mean, you know what I mean. <laughs> I know, I'm kidding. But like, there's this whole documentary about it. The People versus George Lucas? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like that. It's almost like um, what's the word like when it's uh, like a hundred years? It's like open open domain. Uh, oh, public I, domain. Public, public, public domain. domain. It's yeah. almost like if something has been in the public consciousness for so long, like a Star Wars for like forty years. Like when does that become ours? You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. You, that's, that's and it, and it, it 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 becomes we get ownership essentially when we view it because it then takes on a life of its own. It, we see we take something from it right like um uh another example i had in my head was uh people who create fan art 
right of, of other example. works of other people and you have someone who like let's let's just i can't think of anybody but like uh, let's say there was a comic illustrator and they uh illustrated like some of the most beautiful art you wanted to recreate they created a character that you really loved and then you find out about them much in the same way we found about these other people with sexual harassment claims and that fan art still means something to you that might have been some of the first things you drew you know you can't don't don't feel bad about that. That's not on you. The art spoke to you. Because it's something else in the artist. You know, I think we can all agree with this. We're kind of artistic in our own ways. When, when you're creating art, it's because some part of you needs to get it out and share it. And once you share it, some aspect of it becomes owned by the people you've shared it with. Okay. And it's no longer yours. And they get to have their perspective on it. That's why it gets to speak to them. Because it's something beyond you. Um, it's much in the same vein that Edward Norton, when, uh, Mark Ruffalo was cast as the Hulk in the Avengers, he said, the Hulk is bigger than any one actor. Yeah. You know, all these things of art, they are bigger than the one person who makes it. Yeah, I agree. You know, let's, let's, uh, let's use that as our final thoughts. Good to wrap up. Yeah. Anything else you want to touch on before we move on? No, I, I just really wanted to get into that. Cause I feel like I, I, I think that was my key point was just that I, I, I understand why people feel differently about this on both sides, but I think we should all be able to agree that, that the art has, has meaning to different people in different ways. And that part should be respected regardless. One person is not a, is not a vision of art, right? It's, it's exactly. unless it's a, unless you're a painter, of course, or something, but like an author, an author. Yeah. 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 And, and even then, like, you know, the art still is the art and you can, you can break that down at how Absolutely. you feel, personally feel about wanting to support it is what maybe the art means to you. You have to dissect that yourself. Dark Knight's but, Metal yeah. is still a bomb story. Yeah. And like, my, honestly, like I think <clears throat> to wrap it up for me is like, I'm a very positive person and I just want to believe the best in everyone. And like, I know all these people are bad people, but like, I just, a part of me is like, yo man, I've made mistakes in my life. And like, obviously there's no, again, I do not want to uh, say I'm doing anything bad. Or, or, or anyone who's done something bad is a good person. I'm just like... That's pe- how we got on headline news is you've yeah. done hey, something bad. Yeah, I'm just like, just people, people, are, people are people. Like, we're not, we're not angels. And like, it's, it's sometimes hard. And it's, and it's not me defending yeah. anyone, I promise. It's just like, I, as someone who's done bad things in the past, I'm like, man, I understand. Like, yeah. we, all, right. we all try, man. Right. Absolutely. And to kind of put a positive spin on this, I'd like to share just two tweets to kind of reaffirm Ooh, something spicy. for us. Sure. Um, Maybe you saw there was a young boy named Keaton who shared a video about being bullied. Oh, this is so cute. And, and uh, it's, it's pretty heartbreaking how rough it's been on him. Yeah. And Chris Evans tweeted to him and said, stay strong, Keaton. Don't let them make you turn cold. I promise it gets better while those punks at your school are deciding what kind of people they want to be in this world. How would you and your mom like to come to the Avengers premiere in LA next year? Which is awesome. Yeah. And then Mark Hamill also tweeted him and said, Keaton, don't waste time wondering why a bully would be so mean. They're sad people who think hurting others will make them feel better because they really don't like themselves. They're just jealous because you're so smart and handsome. Your friend, Mark Hamill. That's awesome. That's so, so sweet. For, for every bad egg that comes out, we need to remember there are good people out oh, there. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Not all our idols have fallen away. That's true. I agree. All right. All right. Brian. Hey. Take it away. Hey, guys. My name is Ryan Leopold. It's hammer time. It is hammer time, 100%. So I picked uh, Black Hammer, uh, written by Jeff Lemire, drawn by Dean Ormston, and colors by Dave Stewart. I've been reading this book since it came out, and I did not know that you haven't, and I'm so happy you finally did. I bought the number one, and then um, I just didn't add it to my pool list for whatever reason, Um, and that was a mistake. 
because I think this book is like super awesome and it's, it's right up your alley it's so right up my alley and it is basically uh as jeff lemire himself described it essex county uh, meets superheroes and i'm like this uh, this was so fun to read and it's like i thought it was gonna be this big superhero story and it's not it's a bunch of superheroes stuck on a farm right so it's the, awesome so the idea is that a crisis level event happened the anti-god the anti-god <laughs> who is basically the anti-monitor mixed with dark side a dark side yeah. and in the next volume we do get into a bit of some some new gods inspired stuff very Ooh. jack kirby stuff i'm into it um but this this team of superheroes fought the anti-god and after this big white explosion happened they ended up on a farm they don't know how they got they there. They don't know how they got there. They don't know where they are. They All they know is they cannot leave the farm. Yes. And uh, they there were more. One of them, Black Hammer. He vanished. Something happened. I mean, uh, something happened to him. Yes. It's not revealed in that volume. Nope. But, no, it's um, not. Don't don't say it. <laughs> um, but it's got great characters. Uh, Golden Golden Gale. The Barbalian. The Barbalian, who's uh, basically Martian Manhunter. He's a sassy Martian Manhunter. Sassy Martian sure. Manhunter. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, Talkie Walkie. Talkie Walkie. Who's also a sassy, uh, apparently a lady robot. Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, you got Colonel, Colonel Weird. Weird. He's my favorite character. For Colonel sure. Weird is great. He is a he's a sad, sad man. Do we? Uh, d- is this volume? This pre- is one where he goes on his crazy acid trip. In yeah, space. because there's there's a bunch of so this story this volume collects the first six issues, which are basically six origin stories for the various characters. So we see um, what's the main characters called? Abraham. A- Abraham Abe Slam. A- Abe Slam. Abraham Slam. Abraham Slam. Uh, yeah, this book is. Very like you definitely see in the beginning. It's very much inspired by classic DC Marvel, uh, and it's it's kind of taking the idea like what happens post what happens to the heroes after the crisis. Yeah, it's like it's like pre Golden Age when like superheroes are fun and stuff, and yeah. then it's like what happens after. And yeah. you see, and you do see like a lot of these heroes they get older, uh, and you see Golden Gale. What, what that's so tragic, dude. Oh, I know. Oh, a, oh I know. Uh, so she she has a line where she says. I, I like. I wish I missed my tits, and I was like, "What the hell does that mean?" Yeah, it's because a fifty-year-old woman is trapped in a nine-year-old body. Yeah, that is so sad. Because whenever, so it's it's the opposite it's Shazam. of Shazam. Yeah, because uh, she's she's the Shazam character, and whenever she says Shazam, mm-hmm. or what, what I forgot what the word is in this. Farzar, something like that. <laughs> like the wi- uh, Zafram. 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 There you go. The wizard granted her the ability to become a superhero, but as she gets older, her superhero body doesn't. Nope. And so she's so she gets stuck as a nine year old girl. That's nuts. That's um, so sad. Her and Barbara. Madam, Madam Dragonfly. Cool witch lady. Cool witch lady. Uh, you you noticed the the Bernie Wrights and Lynn. Yeah, man. A couple characters called Bernie and Lynn, and they make a swamp thing. Yeah, it was Oz. It's so great. Who falls in love with Madam Dragonfly? Oh, and that's they have so this cute. Great relationship. Um. So yeah, dude. Um. This book is it's it really is like it's like Essex County Boa's superpowers like yeah. it's, it's it's a lot you have characters who are kind of trying to make their way in this world because they accept that they can never leave yeah so like they're stuck in like this like this this farm slash town like prison like they they tried like somebody tried to leave we don't know what happens in this volume but somebody tried to leave and it didn't work so they're just trying to make do and like and like the fifty five year old nine year old has to go to school and she really doesn't like it yeah. so she starts smoking in class and she's a, she's clearly in love with Barbarian that's so sad Barbarian is clearly in love with someone some, else some some priest man yeah oh man and like yeah like the, the the undertones of like who that character is and like he's like secretly gay and like he had to fight that on his on the martian planet too mm-hmm. and i'm like man this stuff is so good yeah um we don't we don't get we don't know who black hammer is in this no in this volume uh we meet him in the next volume uh because he's not here no his hammer he's, is he's, he's missing Tell, um, uh, sparks I, you had to have read this right you read this yes i did Tell, give me a little uh give me a little love so i was 
I was casually enjoying it, um, not getting too sucked in. And then issue five happened, and I was like, oh, man. I am in this now. Yeah, uh, and that was that was the Colonel Weird one. The, the Colonel Weird one is my favorite. That is such. That <clears throat> is like a day tripper. Like that is such a good. Is that the, is that the same issue where he like becomes normal for like a hot second? No, that's the no, previous he, issue. He was normal issue. the one before. But he but he goes and visits uh, Abe, and he's like, "Hey, uh, hey, Colonel, thanks for shaving your beard and looking all cool." And he was and he was like, "Thanks for hanging out yesterday." And Colonel's like, "That was yesterday," because he is so lost in the in the the para zone. Yeah, that like it's like the uh. negative zone. Like he's this alternate dimension, and he can see all of reality. Yeah, it very differently. And it's also implied that he can also leave, but he chooses not to. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because um, he knows that something needs to happen. Yeah, but he's gone like he's got like he's gone like space ma- mad. He's mm-hmm. space mad, and he's just like a yeah. like a crazy drunk uncle, but like really existential. And you see, like, yeah, he's like, yeah. he's got my favorite kind of story, which is like being able to just pick pick out in different moments along the story where he's shown up and then things to come, and he's just kind of seeing it all but unable to affect it all. It's like a um, river song. I love, I love that kind of thing. In Doctor yeah. Who. Like, they show up at different times. Like, oh, when bit. are we meeting now? But, like, each yeah, of those sort of, sort of like that, but I, I love this kind of, like, uh, um, I want to say omniscient. Omniscient viewpoint where yeah. you kind of, you get to know everything, and yet that doesn't totally help. I love that each, like, he even meets himself in one bit. Yeah. Uh, and he's, like, watching himself meet dude, himself. Look, this, this, this art right here, dude. Yeah. Like, where the body is, like, coming off of this, like, the skin's coming off the muscles. Yeah. It's, it's something it's, else, man. And we, we that always, was so brutal, the story with Eve. Yeah, dude. Oh, we also get, like, a flashback or, like, a flash kind of narrative to what's going on in the real world with this person trying to fi- trying to find out where they've gone. <laughs> Black Hammer's daughter. We find out Black Hammer's daughter. Yeah, she's like a detective um, lady. I love that each issue is framed kind of like a golden age story and yeah. then like goes forward in time. Like uh, Madame Dragonfly's story is very much House of Secrets. Yeah, yeah. It's like come with me into the House of Secrets or whatever. It reminded me of like like uh, Tales from the Crypt with the opening. Yeah. Yeah, it reminded me of that too. This was this is this is one of my favorite books that I read monthly. Yeah, dude. And uh, you just told me it was it was canceled for a new for it's going to be picked it's, up again. Yeah, it's not. I guess they're like the final issue might be sixteen, and yeah. then it's coming back in a couple months as like with like colon Age of Doom, so it's yeah. like a new story. And I'm I'm I was a little sad about that because it means I got to wait a little bit longer because it's been on hiatus. Um, I, I cannot wait for you to read more of this book. Yeah, man. Like it ends with like like maybe Madame Dragonfly is not not so good. I'm like, oh, it's a spooky. Uh, yeah, dude. All like, the stuff in the next volume is so good. Is there man. more Swamp Thing stuff? No, it's That's more, okay. but it's more of like, and not to give too much away, but it's yes. more of the girl trying to figure out where they are. How, can they leave? Should they leave? Cool. Um, it's much more focused on their new, on uh, Black Hammer's daughter, their new uh, uh, tenant, essentially. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Right. I, yeah. The uh, the scene with Barbalian in in, in uh, uh, Golden Gale, where where he's like, you know, I think. Oh, and the second volume, we meet Sherlock Frankenstein. That's cool. Yeah. He's got a great name. Uh, when they're on the roof and and uh, Barbalian's like, yo, I think I I think I finally have feelings for someone, and Gale's like, oh, thank God, because I'm totally in love with you, and he's like, oh, I wasn't talking about you. And then, and then she—it's it's so sad. And then she's like, yeah. "Oh, it's 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 because like you know you're a nine-year-old girl." And he's like, "That's bullshit. That's not the reason." And she flies off. And I'm like, "No, you guys, no." Yeah. And like some some of them, like they all have their powers, but they all, but they're also like uh, Abraham Slam is so old. Yeah, he's from the he's like he's like Captain America, but without the yeah super, super soldier serum. Super soldier serum. Yeah. Just a bit. And like you see him, he's also 
in a relationship with this with this waitress. Yeah. Uh, with, yeah, and, and she's she's the ex-wife of the sheriff, and yeah. that sheriff is a piece of poop. Yes, he yeah. is. And then uh, I love that bit where Madame Dragonfly repeats his line like, "Uh, what terrible things am I going to do to you?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so good. Yeah, man. Um, and like the I didn't expect like the 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 Colonel Weird and like Talky Walky like she's into him. And he's like, "Oh, uh, no, you're a rope. No, sorry." Like, and, but he's, but he's just like, he's just, like, "Oh, I'm just kind. Of, you would never understand." Yeah, and that's like, how I imagine his voice is. I, I honestly, I want to read more. I want like a whole series of him mm-hmm. because, like, I just want to know what's going on in his mind and how he's dealing with this stuff. You do get more flashbacks in yeah. in later like volumes. You do get to see more of their of their flashback history. And, like, and when he comes to dinner and he's clean shaven and he's not crazy and he's super impressive to everyone. And you God, see the word bubbles so, change. That was such a strong moment. That was really good. And. Uh, uh, and then yeah, when he comes back and he's crazy again, and he's like, "That was yesterday." Like, uh, that makes me just so curious. He's like, he's like a drunk Doctor Manhattan, just and bet. I'm like, I I'm so down for more of that. Yeah. Oh, it gets sad. Oh, I bet it's already it's already kind of sad. So I can't wait for it to it's get. A, really it's sad. already decently yeah. sad. Yeah. Man, though. Oh. Yeah. I'm I'm really stoked for you to read more because I cannot wait to talk to you if about what the happens. Second vo- next. I'm sure the second volume is out by now. It should be. Okay. Yeah. I believe so. I think there sh- actually should be three. I mean, not out, but like in by total, this arc will be three. Yeah. And then uh, Sherlock Frankenstein's going right now. Yes. And then Doctor Doctor, what was his name? Oh, you just you told Doctor Love? No. No, that's not it. Doctor Star. Doctor Star. Doctor Star and the the Age of Tomorrow is, yeah. is another miniseries. So like, so cool. He's crafting his own little like universe. I was going to say cinematic universe. But. That could rival. I mean, he's he's crafting a superhero universe that feels organic and feels um, uh, and sincere. Dark Horse too. It, it's really great. It's I, I it's cool that it's Dark Horse. I I'm I love this book. Yeah, dude. Uh, and like reading the back, there's a lot of cool stuff in the back. Yeah, this is stuff I I don't get because I read it. Monthly. I love when they put a bunch of shit. There's like it, he's been talking about making this for like ten years, yeah. and he's like, I've always wanted to make my own superhero world, but I couldn't because I worked for Marvel and DC. Uh, and it's like he's had these designs for so long, and it's just cool to see. And you see how they've like evolved. Yeah. And, like Madame Dragonfly actually had dragonfly wings. Yeah. In the beginning. Um, yeah. And like you see like people who have not even shown up in these books. Oh yeah, this characters. Very, very like Orion and Phantom Stranger esque mm-hmm. characters. Um, I mean, one of them is essentially Orion. Yeah. Um, I love all these catches, but yeah, Time Boy. That's Orion. That's yeah. That's that's Orion, and uh, and he's got that's a dog. Straight up Phantom Stranger. That's absolutely. straight up Phantom Stranger. Is the yeah. hor- the horseless rider. I that's love hilarious. That. That's a great Where's name. your horse? I don't need him. <laughs> <laughs> the horseless rider. Um. What'd you say? It's up to issue fifteen. I can't remember, but it's fifteen or sixteen. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, man. This is. Definitely, I have the last issue. I could have pulled yeah. it out. This is definitely a incredibly strong book. And you know, what? I was actually with you, Sparks. Like the first, like I was enjoying the first couple issues. Uh, I wasn't like in love with it, but it wasn't until like that fifth issue hit, where I'm like, now I see where this is going. Yeah, I had a yeah. actually, truly, yeah. I, picked, I picked it up uh, because I love the story, because I love this kind of like cosmic story. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't too unraveled in, into it but by the time the this six issues ended i was i was on board and i'm definitely hooked yeah. now that i know madame dragonfly is up to no good oh yeah I'm like yeah. oh man she just got there you guys it's so good yeah definitely uh super recommended yes uh, anything else anything else you want to touch on with this one uh it's just it's really cool because our the two weeks two weeks ago like whenever uh, uh we did essex county book club i'm like Man, that's a Jeff Ass Lemire book. But you know what? This is also a Jeff Ass Lemire book. Like I, you can see this guy. Like he, he has a voice, yeah. and he writes people together. He writes farm stuff really well. He loves farms. Well, he lives on the farm, I guess. He loves Canada stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a really, really good superhero book, and it's, it is so Justice League, but like not in a bad way. But like yeah. the characters are just like it's the character, but it's not that character. Yeah. But it works. Yeah. Anything man. else? No. 
I'm definitely going I'm, to I'm continue to read it. Definitely continue to read it. And for the audience, read it. It's great. The next week, it's going to be our last episode of the year. Aww. Uh, besides a Christmas special. Besides a Christmas one, of course. Uh, and we'll also be our last book club of the year. So because of Star Wars, it's a big Star Wars week. I, I don't know if you know this, there's a Star Wars movie it. coming out. I can't believe it. Solo, a Star Wars story. I'm going to vomit. <laughs> <laughs> they just switched it on us. <laughs> Uh, that'd, be, no, that'd be fun. The, the Last Jedi is coming out, so I decided that we should read the first volume, and I was kind of wondering if we shouldn't, but I decided that what better place to start. Star Wars Darth Vader, Volume 1, Vader. Vader. Uh, this is the first Star Wars Darth Vader ongoing series. Kieran Gillen and Salvador La Roca. Yep. Um, it's they're the current Star Wars team. Yeah, they've upgraded they've the Star Wars. The Star Wars. Yep, yep. Um, because they ended this. Yep. Uh, this went on for 20, 25 issues. There are four trades in total, but we're gonna start with the first volume only. Uh, it's the first five issues. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. This is really, it's a really cool book, guys. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I really liked his pers- the perspective. That like Darth Vader's yeah, like I, he's like he's in the uh, he's in the naughty the naughty list for of the Emperor. Yeah, got that Death Star I, destroyed. I love this book. Yeah, it's, it's a great, great book. book. So we'll talk about it more next week. Ooh. So, like I said, uh, next week will be our last episode of the year. Star Wars. And we go on hiatus until our Christmas special, which mm. will be uh, on Christmas Day. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's it. Anything else you guys wanted to touch on before we get out of here? Hey, guys, did you know Star Wars is coming out next week? I think we mentioned it. A c- I think the hype is, times. like, too real. I, I think I think this could be bigger than Force Awakens. It's gonna it's supposed to make like two hundred million opening weekend. I'm so excited, guys. Yeah, it's pretty real. Ugh. It's It's definitely going to be bigger than Force Awakens. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, that's it then. Thank you to everyone. You know what? Thank you to everyone who listens. Hey, thanks, guys. We couldn't yeah. do this without you. I appreciate you. Thanks thanks for indulging our debate today. Yeah. Uh, thank you also to Jeremy Vellucci, who does our theme music. Um, he does yeah. a show, Suburban Proctologist. If you have not yet listened to it, please do. Uh, you can find that Facebook.com, Suburban Proctologist Official, or Instagram at Subproc Podcast. Thank you to Louis Barreto as well. Uh, you can find him at Lens4Eyes. He does our icon. Um, and I haven't talked to him in a little bit, but we are supposedly still associated with any zine. I'll believe it. Which is his uh, zine that he puts on every month. Uh, they meet every third Wednesday of the month. Anyone is welcome to join at the Cal State Northridge Art Department, room 507 from 6 to 10. Uh, you can find them Instagram, anyzine, E-N-I-Z-I-N-E, underscore C-S-U-N. Facebook, anyzine, at CSUN. Email, anyzine.csun at gmail.com. What is it, guys? It's a perpendicular parallelogram paralysis pegasus. Paralysis? Postulate. It's a paralysis. It's a paralysis pegasus. Okay. That's awful. Yeah. That's a really sad image. That's my LARPing name. (laughs) Paralysis pegasus. Nay. (laughs) (laughs) God. Thank you. Thank you all. You can get involved. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Fakner Podcast, FakenerGuys at gmail.com if you'd like to directly email us. You can find me, BT McClure, on Instagram and Twitter. You can find Ryan. The paralysis paralysis. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at DJ Tony Snark at everything. Uh, Sparks. Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter, S P A R K Z Witty. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, where you can also find Wolverine. Hey guys, we're going to be on the same yeah. podcast network as a we Wolverine keep show. Good company, yeah, man, good company. Let's get some Marvel money Snick. in here. Let's be it. Let's, let's 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 try and let's, let's try and be a Marvel shill. We can get paid by them. Apparently. I'm already I'm already there, baby. Well, where's that Marvel money, guys? I wish I need to find it. <laughs> Until then, stay fake nerds. <laughs>